Thanks for tuning in to Levasa Sports. Great show today. Going to be interviewing Island Boy Camp co-founder and president Alexander Fuimono, as well as talking about Laker free agency additions, Chargers season outlook, and uh, some exciting things happening at the USC football program. Let's get into it. Welcome to Levasa Sports. I'm Ira Hosea. I'm Lance Falatongo. And here we look at sports through a South Pacific lens. I'm all about sweating the technique. I'm more about the data. Today's show, as always, sponsored by LevasaIslandApparel.com. For gear that represents the South Pacific Island languages and cultures accurately and responsibly. Put on for the culture. Catch the wave at LevasaIslandApparel.com. And our guest today is the president and co-founder of Island Boy Camp, a nonprofit whose mission is to empower players to be successful. Their goal is to teach young athletes fundamental football skills while building their confidence, character, integrity, work ethic, and sportsmanship. Give it up for Coach Alexander Fuimaono. Welcome to the Soros. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it, man. It's We're, good to uh, see you guys at a different light, man. <laughs> yeah. not, the, not the club uh, lights, the little neon lights. <laughs> Usually it's late evenings and stuff and work at security, man. But this is nice, though, man. You know, uh, we, we do stuff during the day, so it's nice. We do. We're, uh, we're, we're so excited to have you uh, here with us, someone who's really um, taken his own passion and, and used it to help the people around him and his community through, through sports and, and IBC, Island Boy Camp. If you could, just walk us through the creation. Like, like how did IBC start? Where did you guys start? Who's all in the crew? You know, IBC was really an accident, man, but it, it was a great accident. It, my oldest son, Diego, started playing football. We, we ventured out. He wanted to do other things, and I didn't want to force football on him, man. You know, I played my college ball at Western Oregon, uh, and I always wanted, you know, to have a son to play some football. But uh, for him, it wasn't in his cards. He wanted to do soccer. He wanted to do baseball, basketball. But eventually, when he came around, he was all like, I want to do football. I was like, cool, let's do it. Let's uh, to his ready? first practice. Yeah, I was waiting, man. I already had playbooks and everything. It's all like, you tell me when you're ready, son. So we show up to his first day of practice, and this dude that's over there is the volunteer coach. Doesn't know a lick of football, man. Oh. Seemed like a good guy, but and I'm sitting there, and like, none of the stuff makes sense. None of the principles, you know, stuff. I grew up, you know, playing football, and so, so it, it just didn't make sense. So I went to go talk to the guy that ran everything. And there's a friend of mine named Boo Marker. And he ran the Boys and Girls Club. And he pretty much threw it right back at me. He was all like, listen, if you want to be so critical about it, why don't you grab the whistle and come coach? Yeah. And that's how it started. You know, I started coaching, you know, Diego, his teams, but all the boys, and we were still doing music. So we were in a different, you know, different realm, different place in our lives. The boys were still being hardheads and knuckleheads. They would come to the games and scare everybody on the opposing sidelines. They would scare all, they would go stand on those sidelines with those parents and tell them not to cheer for their kids. So all these people, we, I got a letter from the Boys and Girls Club, girl, like uh, you can't have your family out there if they're gonna be doing that. So I brought all the boys up for a barbecue and I was all like, listen, if we're gonna do this, let's do it the right way. You know, all these people that, you know, and you guys have all this knowledge. I just put this knowledge together and instead of being knuckleheads and over there harassing people, why don't y'all come and use your football knowledge and, and we influence it with our culture and everything that we do. And that's how IBC started. Uh, all the boys, you know, it started with me and my brothers, Mike, Nick, Chris, um, my cousin Funaki, my cousin Brando, my cousin Bolo, and then Boom Marker. 
that was a that was we're the founding fathers of it and it just took off uh the first year they gave us three teams and and from there it was like man how do we bring everybody in and kind of share our polynesian culture you know mainly our samoan and funaki's tongan cultures like how do we you know mm. influence these kids and, and and show them a different light you know how polys are it's all about family man and and when polys talk about families is yeah Balangis, Meulis, Mexicans, it, it doesn't matter. You don't you don't have to be poly to be family, you know. If we break bread with you, that's fam. So, and that's how it went. And it just took off from there. And little by little, you know, we started getting bigger. We didn't do anything in the spring. So it was like, well, why don't we create a league? We don't have a kid. We don't have anything to do. So we created a flag football league. Uh, we started with 27 kids uh, for the first season. And then from there, it's taken off. And that league's had, I don't know, a couple thousand kids in the last wow. 10 years. And it's just, it's everywhere now, man. We have all these kids that are moved there. We have kids in college now that started with us. I think at last count, we're close to about 3,000 kids that, that we've been working with in the last 10 years. Not all of them continue to play football, you know, but they're, they're still family and we still stay connected with everybody. Yeah, just, just to see where, where it started and where it's grown to and how many people yeah. it's affected so positively is super motivating to see, man. You inspired us. Oh, oh man, thank you. <laughs> thank you, man. It, no, man, to, nice. to, to just change one person's life is is impactful and, and, and beautiful, man. But like, yo, you 3,000 plus, like, yeah. You know I love me? it. Man. Shrugging off those numbers like like it ain't nothing. Those damn man, that's that's, big, that's beautiful. Big man. You know the I, hardest the hardest thing that we've been able to do this whole time is we're a nonprofit. So all of my coaches, all of my admin people, even myself as president, nobody collects a paycheck. Not one of damn. us get paid for what we do. Everything's hundred percent volunteer work, man. But it it guarantees to me that people aren't in it for different reasons or you know ulterior motives. Like it's out of pure love that people come in and be like, damn, y'all don't, y'all don't get paid for none of this? It's like, nah, man, we do it for love. You know, yeah. and that's, it's, it's hard, but it's good work. You know, in, in our, in our Samoan culture, especially, man, Kaukua is the biggest thing, man, service, right? And we figure that's us being of service, you know, and helping kids out. You know, our biggest influence was our dad back in America, Samoa, growing up in Samoa. Like, it was tough, but he was everybody's first coach. He announced all the football games, you know, for the varsity and stuff back home in Samoa. So we didn't know that we would end up in, along these lines. We always thought music was our thing. So we started doing our music back in America, Samoa. And, you know, we did our thing with the band, but it just didn't pan out. You know, it was a, it was a different life. And we were in the bars like five, six nights a week and still trying to keep day jobs. And were you not the lead the singer? Oh, I tried. I tried. But, I, you know, me, man, I can't <laughs> It was us four. We rapped. So we had that uh, 684 Long Kiss Goodnight. And, you know, we we were all over the place, man. We co-headlined uh, Hemp Fest with, uh, with Slightly Stupid. We're on the first Hemp Fest Ooh. compilation CD. You know, but we did so much with music, but it just, there was something missing there. You know, and there's something missing. And we started having kids and families. It's like, man, I can't be talking about all these things. I, I don't want, that's not my life. Yeah, my wife is at home with my kids, making sure they're going to sleep on time and going to school on time. So, you know, that transition to coaching just came naturally after that. Like I said, it was a beautiful accident. For no money, you were no doing money. it for the love of coaching. Yep. 
passion, man. And I saw you talk about that, finding your passion so you don't have to work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. But for no money, yeah. that really just shows how, you know, how much you want to help. It's, it's not about, you know, adding a bunch of dollars or sponsorships. We got our own uh, coach here on the Boston Sports. We got Forrest Dodalau. Forrest, how you doing? Good, man. You know, I, I, um, Alex probably doesn't remember me, but I'm a year behind Alex. Uh, I went to Marist. And, uh, oh, that's so why. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, so Jeff Felice is like my best friend. I'm actually, my family's from Pongo too. Oh, nice. Uh, so, like, to see you come out here and do all this is, that's amazing because I know where you guys came from. I know your dad. Uh, and I, I'm actually, I think I'm uh, closer to Nick's age. Nick and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nick and Chris. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, man, that's, I mean, people won't see it when you come out here, when you talk about how you're from back home. They won't know what you came from to where you are now. Even if you're doing it for no money at all, it's still a long way from where we were back home. So, yeah. Forrest, do you think, is that something that you've seen uh, in your coaching career that people will do it not for the money, but for the love of coaching and helping? If you're coming from back home, especially for me and Alex, because at the time we played football, basketball, baseball back home, we didn't have the opportunities the kids have now. We didn't have no, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, the JPA sports that they had, the football leagues they have back mm-hmm. home. We didn't have coaches coming to see kids like they do now. You know, we didn't have those resources, none of those resources. If you weren't doing your own recruiting or if you weren't lucky enough to have a coach on the on the team that saw your potential and vouched for you, you know what I mean? You, you were shit out of luck, man. Like, yeah. you really had to put in the work. Like, I'm not saying the kids don't have to now. We had to put in extra work. Like, but yeah, like football wasn't, it was still big, but baseball was what was getting kids off island back then for school. Yeah. So I went to Marys, I played baseball and we were good at baseball. We won baseball almost every, every year. year. So, yeah. So the I mean, farmer we, boys. And you, yep. Yeah, he was a class <laughs> ahead of me. You know what I mean? Like I said, uh, I don't know if you remember Jeff. Did you say? Yeah, I remember Jeff and the Solaita Jeff, boys. Jeff was just out here Saturday. His son played in a, a, a league here. They're from Sacramento, but they brought their team over to play one of the younger teams in Seattle. So he was out there. I got to see him. But I mean, yeah, all those guys, they were my baseball guys. And we got opportunities that kids around the island didn't get because we played baseball. But it was still such a struggle for if you were playing any sport and you were decent. I mean, it was a struggle for you to get off the island to play your sport. It's almost unheard of. And I graduated in 96. My dad did all my recruiting, man. He yeah, also man. newspaper clippings, not even videotape. He oh, took newspaper damn. clippings from Samoan News, made copies and stuff downtown in, in Fongongo, and he sent it to every college that he can get a hold of. Nice. Was, yeah, and I only had three that reached back. Snow College in Utah, Northern Arizona, and Western Oregon. So, and my dad was like, I don't care, pick one. Whichever one, just you ain't staying in Samoa. How did you decide between those three, Arizona, Utah, or Oregon? I wanted cold weather. I was tired of, of that weather. <laughs> and Utah sounded hot and far, and Arizona was a like, hell no. But I figured Oregon, and my dad, you know, they used to live in Vancouver. My dad actually used to teach in Vancouver. I was born in nice. Tacoma. So my dad used to always tell us about, man, there's some good fishing spots, camping you know that's that's pretty much life in Samoa that's that's normal we fished and camped that's how you ate so you know Oregon was really attractive and and there was nobody here and I kind of wanted to start over you know Forrest kind of touched on it we grew up very rough life in Samoa man like 
we came from the States in 88 and moved to Samoa in 88. And we're stateside kids. So when we get there, man, people, they hated us. We dressed like kids from the States and we had the long hair. And, you know, oh, for the man. first year we fought, we fought everybody. <laughs> you know, that's just what it was. And they were calling us Balangi toys, which is just, you know, it's very offensive and <laughs> super offensive, guys. It's super offensive. <laughs> it, it really is. is. <laughs> <laughs> I was just born in the states. Yeah, yeah. that's what but, we're saying. Follow yeah. doing. You know, it's like, yeah. no. Make it worse. Hey, Make it worse. I'm half Filipino. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. See, even the half man, all the kids. It basically, if you spoke English well <laughs> and, and pronounced your vowels and stuff, people uh, looked at you like, oh, yeah. you get your target on your back already. Yeah, people want to fight you. And uh, and you know, they always <laughs> teach kids like the bigger man walks away. Not in the Polynesian culture at all. Nope. <laughs> you have no choice but to defend yourself because everybody wants to fight. And if you decide you're going to walk away, it's a good chance somebody's going to hit you in the back of the head with a rock. And that's just how we grew up. That's just life, you know? We grew up yeah, a very yeah. violent life in, in Samoa. I love it. I love Samoa, man. And I haven't been back. I'm going back this next summer for the first time nice. in 25 years. Nice. We're taking, taking three camps back to Samoa with... Uh, with Timo with the crew, man, and Kendrick Bourne. Yes. And we want to take free camps to every high school back home. So that's our big plan, working with JPS. Now that we have JPS Oregon, which we're official now. That's oh, awesome. nice. JPS, Junior, yep. junior Prep, Prep Sports. Sports. Yeah, yep. Junior Team Oregon. Team Oregon. What are the plans? What are the trips you guys got planned? What's going on? I hear very exciting things. So we travel, uh, we've done, we're part, we're team Oregon Hall of Fame. So we go to Canton and play out there at the Hall of Fame, all stars. Yeah. Uh, we do, we travel everywhere, man. I've, we've been out to Florida for the all American games. I coach for the all American games out there, eighth grade. Uh, but man, that's where this journey has taken us, man. It's the whole month of July. I was gone for football, man. They flew me out to Boise twice. Cause I announced games for all stars now. Ooh. Uh, and then. We're at the Pylon National Championship with our 12U squad, the Oregons. Um, <laughs> hey, throwback, nice, throwbacks. Nice. Fourth in the nation, man. And we, we got to play <laughs> at AT&T Stadium where the Cowboys play. So it, just being on that field, and that was in July. It was just, it was amazing. Like we were on the sideline with, with Cam Newton. We were right behind him because we played right after him. And to be that close to that kind of a superstar, and how cool he was with the kids, man. I was like, dude, man, I love that. I can respect that. He stayed until the very end, talked to every single kid, signed nice. autographs. But you think, you know, because I've seen dudes that have made it and gone to the highest, you know, the higher echelon players and stuff. And they're like, nah, man, I ain't got time. But you forget about all these little people that have supported you. But to see that from somebody as big of a star as, as Cam Newton, man, was very motivating and humbling at the same time. What, uh, what kind of impact did he have on the kids just, just meeting them there? Oh, man, because he can, he can get them their, the facilities, the training, get them in front of trainers. He uses his own. He pays for all their training and stuff. And some of the top recruits right now in the nation are from his 7-on-7 team. And his 7-on-7 team is amazing, man. Like, we, we got to sit there. If you look at their highlights and stuff, when they're catching these 40-yard bombs, you see all the yellow jerseys on the sideline. That's all us in the Oregon just standing there. And we're like, oh, touchdown. Oh, touchdown. And they want it all. So it was just, for my kids, man, just sitting there like, you know, there was some tears, but it was like, 
man, soak this up. You might never be back here, but just know that your hard work and, and your sacrifice and, and everything that we've done to get here, man, it's worth it when you're in that moment and you see greatness like that. So, you know, it's not something that happens every day. That's exciting that you're able yeah, to provide that, you know, for, for young guys that are looking to be in this sport and just to, to help continue to motivate them provide that inspiration that's the same yeah. way you're doing to us phantom huh? <laughs> no we're not even talking about the charges yet <laughs> i'm excited i'm excited too man just you know seeing that with our culture man i see it it's, it's dope when we go to all these different things and we run into all these other poly coaches because the the attitudes and everything has changed you know especially with covid before not everybody would work with each other everybody was kind of you know guarded and be like these are my kids you know, you can't talk to them. Don't look at them. But in oh, COVID, yeah. man, so, yeah, it, it, people are very territorial that way, especially here in Oregon. It's like, nah, man, you either play for me or you don't play at all. But us, it's like I have kids that play all over the place. And kids are coming and ask, like, coach, man, you cool if I go run with them? It's like, yeah, man, if it gives you an opportunity and you can travel and it gets you in front of a scout, you can get recruited, do it. Mm. Like, we were blessed. We had 25 in, in the midst of COVID. We had 25 seniors move on with scholarships this year, this graduating class, just for football. And that doesn't count all the kids that, you know, academics and other sports and stuff, but just football, 25 seniors are playing at the next level, even though there was nothing during COVID. We were able to, we created a league in the middle of COVID that was supposed to be something small and it ended up being like 1,100 kids, one <laughs> 70 teams from all over the state of Oregon. And we had to- and Working together. Yeah. And that's what it was. We called this big meeting with coaches from the four corners of the state and the valley. And it was like, listen, man, our kids need something. Mm. So we put our heads together. We figured out what loopholes we can do, what protocols we needed to implement. Gatorade all of a sudden called us up. They're like, hey, we want to sponsor this league. So Gatorade's our official sponsor for our Oregon Sevens League that we created. Ooh. So they provide free Gatorade and bars and stuff at the games for the kids. It's just Man, God's work, man. That's what I truly believe. Is like, Amen. you know, Amen. what you put in is what comes back. You know, that's that gopuas, that service, man. And uh, it was it was amazing. It was very, very stressful, you know. But uh, at the same time, man, it was so cool to just – and we traveled. We moved it all over the place. You know, if somebody was in the phase that we can play because uh, mm -hmm. we modified it, and you could do flag football according to the governor's, you know, her what, – what she said was okay – so we just figured out, okay, different phase two, we can play there. You know, how many fields do we need to fit protocols and stuff? I'm lucky, man. I It wasn't by myself as well, all these coaches. And then I got Tessa, who was the most organized person in the world, you know. And so I, I really leaned on my wife and said, I need your help. And she's like, cool. So she did everything. She's, she's actually the brains behind all the stuff while all of us get to just focus on football. So. All the business stuff goes through her, man. It's a, it's perfect because I get to work man. on it with my wife. Right. So you get to do something you're passionate about that helps your community that you can yeah. work together with your family with. You got yeah. it, bro. Bless, <laughs> man. And she's man. from back home too, man. She's she's a 97 graduate of uh, Fasao. Uh, so, and Catholic education, baby. You know, she's very <laughs> smart. Double masters. You oh, know, see? damn. Uh, I got, you know, I was very smart this time around and got myself. <laughs> no, I got a good, 
a good partner in life, man. And that, that, that makes it really good. Cause all my daughters, even my daughters play football, my three boys and my three girls all play, you know, and they just, we're a football family. So everything that we do, but like the girls do a lot of volleyball and stuff too. So majority of weekends we split. Tessa takes the girls. I take the boys. We see everybody late Sunday night or early Monday morning. But it's just oh, yeah. it's that sacrifice, man. You know. Yeah. And that goes back to your question, Lance. You're asking me if it goes back to like what we learned back home, and that's a perfect example of Alex and Tessa having to coordinate everything um, and just sacrificing their time with each other to go and do these things. Again, not getting paid. Um, you can learn it out here. You you'll see a lot of people do it out here, but you're taught that early. If you live back home, you're taught that early. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, to give without expecting anything back in the church, in your community, in your mm-hmm. village. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know Alex Alex was part of the Almanga. You know me, you go out there, the only thing you really get if you're a knucklehead satisfaction is you get to beat up people when they're out late. You know what I mean? Yeah, for real. So, when the yeah. size is on, yep. it's like, what? I get to hit them and there's no way. <laughs> Nobody exactly. goes in this. For religion, yeah. <laughs> man, that's that's so crazy, man. That's like uh, the idea of like delayed gratification. It was that you know you're putting in the work right now for the payoff later. You know what I mean? And you know, I mean, coming from the culture out there on the rock, about you're you're probably like delayed gratification. What? When did I get gratification? <laughs> I'm like, Hold up, wait. Y'all had rewards for working this hard. You know what I mean? Right. And man, just to when when you were mentioning that some coaches were territorial right and that you were building ibc if it was an accident that just blew up to become something beautiful uh you know like when it came to building ibc into what is now a legit household name mm-hmm. not just in oregon but in sports across the nation what are, what what did you expect what are some of the things that you knew would happen or those, those what, what are the moments that you were down you know what i mean like when you on, what, what the one moment was when you, where you were like, nah, man, like I, this ain't worth it. But you pushed through that and then you saw the beauty after it. You know what I mean? You you pushed through that for that delayed gratification. And now you know that the grind is worth it. You know, when we first started, man, it, it was hard because uh, 707 wasn't going on here. And we were coming in and Salem-Kaiser, the school district that we live in, it's the second biggest in the state of Oregon. But you're looking at 51% are free and reduced lunch. So that was one of the hardest things is we wanted to get into all these tournaments, but most of the families broke. You know, most of these families, both mom and dad work. So kids are home all day by themselves. So we were getting a lot of kids from broken homes that didn't have a lot of money that weren't able to travel. So that's why we stayed as a, as a nonprofit. We could have been like all these other companies because we've heard ridiculous numbers of companies that will charge in a three month period for club football, $4,500. It's like, dang, we charge $75 for some of our leagues and they're good leagues. And so, so it's that equity piece that was like, well, and it's hard to overcome at first. It's like, man, you want to give these kids cause we see these kids and you know, when we tell them we love them, it's like, man, that's part of our culture. And I'm going to share everything that I have, but it's hard to share when I don't have much myself. You know, I got six kids of my own, you know, I pay my bills and stuff. So we find ways and that's the only way that we, we survive through any of the hard times, the early times. It's like, listen, we put all our resources together. 
everybody knows somebody that has some kind of a business that can help. So when we got our business mind uh, and our business plan attacked to stay with the nonprofit, it became the biggest thing for us because now we're able to go to any tournament we want in the United States and Hawaii or wherever. We're able to travel because we have the business plan. We didn't have that in the beginning. It was all like, like I said, it was an accident. It was like, we're just coaching football. We didn't expect to, to be in people's lives and, you know, watch kids graduate and go to letter of intent signings and, and travel to see kids at their college games. Like it's, it's so crazy, man. I never knew this was going to be my life, but now I can't imagine my life without it. You know, and that's, that's what it is. It's like, man, every day when I get up, it's like, I got all these emails, text messages about people that need things or you know, people want stuff. It's like, cool. So I share with the group, hey man, we got a kid that needs shoes. And within within an hour, kids got three, four pairs. But people know that, that we have these resources now. I reach out to my boys at Heart to Souls, which is another nonprofit, and I work with those guys and know them. And so we have a shoe program. So whenever kids need shoes, doesn't matter what sport. I reach out to them and they're all like, we'll take care of them. You know, and it's just those, it's like, and people are like, for free? So like, as close to free as possible, man. Like, we want kids to have opportunities, you know, and we, yeah. coming from our background of being hella broke, even though we didn't know we were broke, you know, it's like, we want to be able to give these kids as many tools so they can be successful and they can chase their dreams and stuff. You know, and that's what it is, man. We're just here to, to give you tools for your tool belt, man. That's why I tell kids, man, you might not, you might not like the tools that we give you, but someday that light bulb is going to go off. And that's, that's what coach was talking about. Yeah. Like, we're preparing them for real life. So now we're not just coaches, you know, football coaches, man, we're life coaches. So that's what man, it is. Man, Over here teaching the wax on wax off three <laughs> years later, you go get it. You go get yeah. it later. It's man. Gonna make sense to you. It's, it's tough, a blessing, man. though, man. I love it. I love it. You know, it's hard work, but I got knuckleheads right here in my garage lifting. Right <laughs> kids just show up. Can we use the weights? Like, Go ahead, dude. Oh, not your kids? Well, one of them is my kid, but he's got some of his boys. They're just lifting. They nice. just work out. It's still, like, close to 100 degrees. Or We're down there lifting weights because, you know, season starts here in a month, man. Right. So just grinding providing that space and that opportunity so that people can take advantage of it and advance themselves and advance their families and communities and growing yep. and growing and growing. Let's go. I yep. like it. Oh, when did you decide you wanted to be a coach? When did that click for you? Were you first coaching at IBC? Were you doing it before? Um, just with my son, Diego. So it was just, it was always me and Diego until me and, and Tessa reconnected. And then we had the whole family. Your, our families are yours, mine and ours. She had a couple before I had Diego and then we got together, but we raised all six kids together. Um, but that's what it was. It, it started with me selfishly thinking about just my kid. But now, man, I'm, I'm uncle to thousands of kids, man. And that's how we talk to them. So, you know, it's that culture. It's like, what's up, nephew? So everywhere yeah, we yeah. go, people look like, that's your nephew? It's like, they're all my nephews. I'm like, what? <laughs> that kid is white. That kid is black. Mexican. That kid's my so, Yep, they're all my nephews. Man. So, nice. Our family Uncle is Coach. big. Yeah, man. And that's why we're known to everywhere we go on the back of our jerseys, we're known as the fan. And it's that's that thing. It's the, it's the culture. It's like you have, when we're at these big tournaments, man, we teach the kids, the Mealies and the Bottis. 
and you get all these people that are like, damn, that's man. Hard, bro. That's yeah, hard, we bro. call a lot of our defenses in Samoan too. So kids will be out there, man. Lua, 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 Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. And uh, you got people looking at them like, even the white kids speak Samoan. It's like, yep. <laughs> but it's like, it's easy for us to hide our, our culture in there. But man, we're also sharing pieces. And, and it's, you can see the change in these kids. And that's the most amazing thing, man. You know, they're, when kids go home and then we hear from their parents, though, parents will call us, be like, hey, so-and-so came home and was like, thank you. Thank you for everything you've done for me. I love you. You know, I know that you're struggling and, and my hope is that you won't struggle, you know, once I, I'm out of college and I, and I do some big things, you know, that's just, it's, it wasn't scripted, you know, it's just, and it's happening. And I just feel, God's plan. yeah, it's all God's plan, man, at the end of the day. Yeah. I think it makes it easier for us too, as Polynesians to coach because we, I mean, that's our culture, literally, to take care of people. Yeah, and tell oh, people what to do. And to yell at people. I, I was, I joke with people all the time, like, man, I was born to be a supervisor, man. I'm not a worker <laughs> bee. I'm more like a queen bee, man. I'm good at telling people what to do. So, I know what the steps are. And yeah. I right? let you know in order what you yeah. should be doing. That's my job. You you do job. I can't do it myself. But I'll tell you what the steps are. So, no, I'm all about dele- I'm all about delegation, my guy. Yep. <laughs> Even delegation as a group was one of my favorite oldies groups, man. So delegation Let's is go. a great word, man. Yeah, I'm a chief in my culture, and I'm a chief here at work. You are That's the right? Indian. <laughs> you know, it also helps that what I do with my day job. You know, I work with with adults and kids in crisis. So my my whole life is nonprofit and service you still got a day job yeah 24 years uh, i started yeah. while i was in college um i worked for a company called pcl partnerships and community living it's an amazing company i was a director until covid hit and when football blew up i couldn't do it anymore as a director so now i just work in the homes but man we man we're all about improving the quality of life for the people that we support so my mind is always on helping people that really don't have everything that they can or that, yeah. they, that they want you know so that's just life now man you know my life went from being in Samoa to here and if you know my story from when I was in college I was I was one of the biggest knuckleheads around or I, you know I got a <laughs> lot of trouble man you know but growing up in Samoa that that hard life and nobody called the cops you know but I get over here in Western Oregon in Monmouth this was, it was a dry town you couldn't get any alcohol. We still were able to get it, but, you know, man, fighting was such a part of our life. And when I got there, man, I got into a lot of fights and people here in the States tend to call the cops. So I, I, I saw that. I hate the how they be doing that. Yeah, you know, it's just it's a difference, <laughs> that culture shock. It's like, what? No, I but, just want to fight real quick. We're going to settle this. We can right, talk then about we can it later. talk after and right? settle. <laughs> Sometimes we just best friends. That's how they became friends, man. We fought back home. And now we're boys and stuff. Come to find out we're cousins. It's like, man, but, you know, life is, is different here in the States. And I had to learn the hard way. So when I talk to kids about real life stuff, mm-hmm. it's from that, that angle. It's like, listen, man, I've been there. I've been locked up. I know what it's like. It's tough. But if you don't find, you know, a reason to change or something motivating to get you to change, you're going to be stuck in that, that mindset and in that lifestyle. And that's not where you want to be, man. You know, I, I wasn't a gangbanger, but it was always the 
dad is like, dude, you don't want to be a 50-year-old gangbanger. There's no such thing. You know, there's no future. So I had to, once I started having kids, man, I think that was the biggest blessing is God put my kids and my wife in my life. And, and I slowed down, man. I had to take a step back and, you know, I want to be here to watch all my kids graduate. I, my third just graduated. We're dropping her off to college next week. So I got three down. Man, life is good. It's, it's rough. It's rough. But man, this is what we prepared them for. You know, anybody that has a kid that's gone off, it, it, it's tough, man. But I'm excited for her. Very smart girl, man. Um, you know, she's going to do some great things. Mom got her first master's from Cal State Fullerton. So that's where she's heading is Cal State Fullerton. So, and it's it's crazy, too, because her cousin, uh, her second cousin is Desi Ali, who you guys had on the last show. Yeah. Right, Desi right. Was actually on her graduation video sent up a video for my daughter Tiani. So it was really, it was really cool when I watched you guys' stuff. I was all like, hey man, we know this. Like, what's <laughs> up the world, man? Man, we appreciate you watching and listening. <laughs> I always watch. I always watch and support, man. That's that's the most important thing is I, you know, I hate that crabs in a bucket mentality. And you see it a lot with polys. Just as you do with coaches, you know, sometimes like they don't want other people to shine. But it's like, listen, man, I'm all about positivity, man. I don't have time or negative energy or, or any of that bullshit in my life. Like if I see other guys out there that I know, and I know you guys personally, you know, I see you guys doing your thing and I'm proud. I see the shirts, man. Uh, my boy, who's a big Charger fan down there, wears the shirts in his videos and stuff. Let's go. Like, yeah, man. I need those video that. leads. Yes. You know, it's just cool to see, man. And it's cool to see because I told my kids like, see that shirt? Man, I know those guys, man. Those are my boys from Top Flight. You know, we hey man, top flight in the building. It yeah. is. It's great though, man. But it's great to see that and see where you guys are because man, this is dope. Because not a lot of polys have this kind of a, a podcast or or do any of this, you know. But it's good because it shines light on other polys and other people that are yes. out there doing the thing. Man. That's exactly that's what me and uh Eri were talking about. And then when Forrest came in, it was just like there are so many people in this space that we didn't even know about. We were like, there's no Polynesian uh, sports podcast. And then we come in and, I mean, there might not be a sports podcast, but there's so many people doing the community work and doing great things. And like yourself, we just want to bring them on and, and, and raise their, use this platform to raise awareness and show people that there really are dope things by Pacific people uh, going on right now. And again, IBC, you and what you guys have created is a really big example of what can happen when people come and organize for the good, you know, of the uh, of the children or of the athletes or of, or of their community. Just really getting together and being, like you said, positive and just forward thinking and and and, and just going for it. So we very much appreciate you uh, just amen, for amen, providing amen. that example for us, man. That's uh, yeah. it's not just your players. <laughs> you got yeah, this out here. You know, <laughs> I have some of the most amazing coaches too, man. And getting convincing a coach to do it for free, you would think is a hard thing. But in the first five minutes, I bring a new coach out to see what we do with our camps and stuff. And we do all these free camps all over. And they they're just amazed. That first the numbers and then the football knowledge that's going on and what we're teaching kids and stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm in. It's really, it's that, that it sells itself because it's selfless. 
you know, that's that's a bar. That's a bar. <laughs> or goons in the building. You know, <laughs> you know I did some writing back in the day. <laughs> but that's the hey. truth. He knows itself because it's selfless. Yeah. You know, I, I remember all the talent shows at the Rainmaker. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had I we actually uh we're gonna drop off our daughter Tiani to college and I'm going up to Monterey to see my boys that we used to do our music together. Uh, they're all there in Monterey this week, uh, next weekend. And it's a 25 year reunion for us, man. We all graduated in 96 wow. together, but we've all gone on these separate, you know, everybody's on a different path. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my boys is a doctor. One of my boys is a teacher. One of my boys is a cop. And I, you know, everybody, we're all in service right now. Everybody stayed in the service field of taking care of people. That just, it comes mm-hmm. naturally as a, as a poly, especially, man, it's like my life is going to be taking care of people, and I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way because sooner or later, somebody's going to have to take care of me, man. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to set them up. Okay, so using IBC to provide opportunities for players, one of the one of the big ways is, like you said, to get those athletes a chance at college, getting them uh, scholarships or figuring out a way to get them in front of coaches or scouts. So what are some ways that IBC – uh, does that for uh, collegiate athletes or high schoolers trying to go to college? Uh, the camps are big. So a lot of camps, majority of camps, when they come into Oregon, we get the message. So I'll get an email either to our email or somewhere on social media to be like, hey, we're bringing to camp. You understand you guys have a lot of kids, a lot of numbers. Uh, would you be interested in helping? Absolutely. You know, and if they can give as many scholarships as possible, then we go back and we tell our kids, this is what's coming. This is how many scholarships and we got to just apply to get these scholarships or we find ways to get them sponsors uh, using nonprofit stuff. So as whatever we can do to get our kids to those camps, because man, you get in front of the right coach or the right amount of coaches or any other people, you get people like Brandon Huffman, who's one of the best writers around, but he's 247 sports. If he believes you're a big time star, you get your stars right there and colleges are knocking. So that's what we tell kids, man. When we do our camps, when it's just us, that's our practice, man. When you get over there, that's the game and stuff. Like, you got to take it up another notch. You got to show these people, you know, you got to go get your scholarship. And I I get it. Not everybody's on that line where it's like, it's not mandatory to get a scholarship. Well, yeah, you know, some of these kids' parents can't afford it. I know I can't. And I make good money. My wife makes good money where we work in our day jobs, but I can't afford to put any of my kids through college. Not at what college costs these days. So oh, man. better go get a scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> you better go get that money. Man, get that free money. Took me 20 years to pay off student loans, and I didn't even get a degree. I got in trouble and ended up leaving school. So that is another place I teach from. It's like, listen, getting that degree, man, yeah, it doesn't guarantee everything, but that degree is important. It, it sets you up with the possibility of a good job in the future. You want to make sure, you know, that that high school diploma is always that gift for your parents for everything. But that gift to yourself is that degree. So to kids, if you can get somebody to pay for your degree, why not? Especially when you ain't got to pay it back for the rest of your life. So that's a bit. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. It's like, dude, there's more academic scholarships out there than athletic scholarships. So if you take care of your grades and you do what you need to do and you're a good person, Cause man, everything is a trial. So that's what we tell our kids. Everything's a trial, wherever you're at, even if it's not on the football field, man, how you are as a person 
man, it reflects your family, it reflects the camp, it reflects all of us. So, you know, we tell kids, man, that leadership and service is it's very important. Like, we want to make sure that you're good people because football ends, just like any other sport. But we, that's a, it's, a, it's a very important thing for us that we tell our kids. Most people don't know when they're, the end of their football career is coming. Majority of people. Ray Lewis is one of the only people that can win a Super Bowl and walk off into the sunset and stuff. You know, everybody else is like an injury or, or yeah. something happens and it's done. And you don't know how much a, a school feels about you until you're injured. That you get pushed to the side very fast, or if you're not available. So I'm telling them that the most uh, important ability is availability. And if you're not available, okay, LeBron. <laughs> we we use all of it, man. We have to like. I sit with my coaches. We go through our seminars. Uh, I've taught at the Nike Coach of the Year Clinic, but it's all things like, man. We take tidbits from all over from real life and we have to, man. Otherwise the kids won't pay attention. Like I might have to put some trainings together on the TikTok just to get these fools <laughs> to really listen. You know, cause some you of them don't. Watch him here. Right? <laughs> kids would watch that and they would share it. You know, it's a different generation, man. Like you don't know what, that's another thing is we have to monitor these knuckleheads and their uh, and their social media accounts, man. Cause one, one stupid tweet, one stupid yeah. post, can really change a kid's life, man. We've had to yeah, go through really it. True. So if you look on, on Instagram, especially majority of our kids have the IBC before their name. So yeah. you can, if you put it in the search and Instagram, just type in IBC and see all these kids. But that's how I'm able to watch all of them. And if there's anything semi questionable, they get a message from one of us coaches, like take it off, take yeah. this off your wall, take the tweet down something, man, because that'll come back to haunt you. You know, everything's so questionable and, and there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there. So remember some man, don't don't leave yourself open for interpretation from somebody else. We just gotta really be careful what we do when we say. Right. That that was something um Desiree Ali was saying about you know when she ran her clinics, is that like that's you have to worry about how back, backlash on social media works with younger kids, uh kids in general, man, in, in you got to teach them how to deal with it, right? If they do get that flack, um, I believe the word she used was respond with grace, right? They're like, you know, I mean, like, like you were saying, that's just people that, are attacking you. Yeah, yeah, you know, and like that's that's hard to teach kids. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? How do you how, how do you even teach that? Who's monitoring all all these social media accounts? You know, and you got to make sure they're like, hey man, hey, hey, you're not just you know what I mean you're not just representing yourself. You're representing everybody that's yeah. behind you, that's rooting for you, that loves you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That wants to provide you with opportunities, man. Think, <laughs> at least think before yeah. you respond and 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 react. And man, which that's that's a it's a very important role to play, man. I, I was saying that I didn't envy that because that's a lot to teach, man. You know, I'm 29 years old, learning how to do that more and more every day. You know, totally, man. I'm 42 now, and I tell the kids if you look at any post, any story, any tweet I've ever put out, nothing ever negative. I don't respond to negative comments. Everything's always positive because I'm like, that's what I want to spread. That's what I want to share. So I tell the kids, man, you leave yourself wide open. You say something stupid. And I, you know, people retaliate and people jump on your words so fast, man. So you have to be, you have to be very smart, man. Times are different. Colleges are looking at people with their social media accounts. Jobs, jobs now, man. I know for my work, when I was a director, we monitored everything so if people called in sick like look up their facebook see if they were drinking last night oh. 
sure enough, over there with you know with crown apple yeah. shots and stuff. Like, oh, you called in, but you was drinking last night. Okay, okay. I mean, that's why I called in. <laughs> I oh yeah. All right, so thousands of kids come through the IBC program on their way to college. What's what's your opinion? How do you feel about the the name, image, and likeness rule in the NCAA? Dude, it's crazy. Kids are, are making a million dollars and haven't even played a snap of college football. I, I think it's dope because it, it opens it up to even like video games, man. Like I miss NCAA, but now with the name and image and likeness open again, they can have that and kids can be on there and they can actually get paid for it. I, I remember as a college student, man, it, being broke, like, but I had a lot of practice in Samoa, so it wasn't where people are like, oh my God, we got to eat top ramen. It's like, Dude, I love Top Ramen. Yes. Bro, this is shrimp flavor. <laughs> this ain't even chicken. This is shrimp. Or when you get the beef or the Oriental package, like, yeah. Or eat it raw. I still eat the side mean raw. Kids will look at me like, Coach, are you really eating your Top Ramen raw? It's like, yeah, yep. Like, <laughs> still good stuff, boy. Right? Because growing up in Samoa, if you had 50 cents, you can get yourself oh. a packet of side mean and an ice cream. And an ice cream. And if you had 75, you get a uh, Simon and a soda. So you oh, good. Yeah, man, the Fanta, the pineapple Fanta. Oh man, he was a baller if he had seventy five cents inside more. Yeah, do you hey. take your ice cake with the sea boy at the bottom or no? Yeah, but you got to flip it. You got to learn how to flip. Got to flip cooler. it without man. breaking the styrofoam yep. cup. <laughs> or if you were if you were really high class and you hit the the spots that were really good, it cost thirty five cents to get the one that's mixed with milk. Then so you get the ice cake oh, that's mixed yep, with milk. Yep. I would love to see that on a TikTok. Oh, yes. <laughs> we're just talking about that because we still cook. So all of my coaches, like we have barbecues and stuff here at the house. All of my coaches, we compete. So we not only compete when we're doing football, we come here and we compete with our cooking and everything. So all the moms and the wives are all the judges. And we, we go to town, man. We go ham on cooking everything, barbecue, you name it but we have some professional chefs. So we have Island Boy Kitchen. So when we created our first league, we also had Island Boy Kitchen across the street. So you can play football, but our coaches would be calling plays and then they have to run across the street and flip chicken and stuff and then run back and call more plays. People are like, I got to get these ribs. I got to get these ribs. <laughs> oh, man. That's dope. But you know, man, that's how our kids, they eat good. And our kids understand, you know, the term breaking bread. On all of our teams, they know when we say, hey, man, we're going to break bread. Kids are like, we're going to eat we got some, <laughs> some potato salad and some rice. Like, let's go. You know, but it's that culture because a lot of these kids don't get that, you know. And, yeah. and just as something as simple as as all of us, like we get in big circles and it's we hold hands all around the circle. And we say a prayer for every meal. You know, we, we tell them, man, that's how we're being thankful, man. Like. I know what it's like to be hungry, to really open your fridge and there's nothing in there. Some of these kids don't understand what that feeling's like, man, and what it'll do to you, you know, psychologically. But that's why we're very thankful for the for the gifts that we have, man. You know, growing up tough, man, it, it created that character for us, man. But it also, I, I don't ever want to go back to being broke. So, man, that's why I work. You know, I work as hard as I do. I, I get to yeah, sleep man. in maybe once every two weeks. Hey. Damn! <laughs> oh, so, man, I, I gotta tell you something that I, I just seen circulation on social media, man. It was just uh, before I forget. It was a uh, you, you talk a lot about services, you know. What I mean, that's part of the culture, and like, man, it, uh, 
You know what I mean? I always say God's plan is bigger than ours, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't know everything that he does have in store for us. So the minute we get doubtful, you know what I mean? Those those are like tests of faith, right? Like, yeah. yo, God's like, yo, are you are you leaning more on yourself not, mm-hmm. and not me? You know what I mean? That's why you're feeling anxious about something. But uh, I believe the saying was like, God does not call the qualified. God qualifies those who are called. And yeah. us, man, Amen. like you, you about the the service man and how it how it legit started as an accident right but you kept pushing as much love and light into it as you could you know what i mean from from your end because you can't control how other people are reacting you know you can't worry about how passionate somebody else is about whatever they're doing you can only control how passionate and how serious you are about your vision you know i mean the the blessing that you are aware of and it it, that's beautiful to see because you're making it look easy, right? But I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you're breaking down a lot of stuff that you have to do, go through, maintain, you know, as far as relationships with the kids, with the kids' families, uh, you know, while they're in your program and while they're not, yeah. you know, like that's, that's super tough. Cause then like it's three phases before, during, after, you know, yeah. and you, and you, and you love them in each phase. It was like, that's, 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 that's really tough. Like on the mental emotionally spiritually man like uh, how do you take care of yourself you know like how do what you know what i mean we're, we're, is it a never-ending well of, <laughs> of <laughs> you know i have my moments man but it's hard it's hard uh i don't lose that motivation this thing you know i've i found my purpose in life you know that purpose and passion thing and that's my purpose is is helping people you know no matter what not it's not bound by race color creed any of that. It's just helping people, man. And it's amazing to see, you know, kids be successful. That's the, it's one of the greatest gifts in life, man, to see somebody come from something, you know, that's so hard, you know, and to see them turn it in and blossom into something beautiful. Like that, to me, that's the greatest gift, man. And I get to relive it every year, every year around graduation. Like I try to get to as many graduations as I can, man. You don't understand the amount of lays. We have hundreds of lays in here that we make, we deliver. And kids will be like, damn, coach, you showed up? It's like, yeah, man, but I'm only here for five minutes because there's another graduation up the road I got to get to. You know, but that's, it's just, it's life, man. I These kids, I want to give them the world. I know I can't, and but we do our best. You know, me and my my coaches and, the, and all the volunteers, because we have so many. And that's the thing is everybody's like, damn, we did this. Like, man, I didn't do it. We, the power of we is is one of the most powerful things around. Like faith and work. It's like we have our hard times, man, but we know we get we get past this. You know, even this, this shall come to end. You know, all our, our lessons and growing up, you know, back home with the church and stuff, everything comes into play. Cause there's always a scripture that that fits any kind of hardship that that you face. So we use that, man. You know, I, I tell people, man, I have Proverbs on my arms for a reason, man. Proverbs 17, 17, man. You know, and that's that's going to be something. That's how our dad taught us. And that's always going to be, you know, something instilled. And that's what we instill in the kids. It's like, man, when times are rough, you lean. You lean on the people around you. You lean on, on your, your faith and stuff. We had that footprints uh, poem. You know, uh, uh, God's footprints and stuff. And he's talking about it was in these times I carried you, you know, you didn't do it by yourself and stuff, man. So that that's always in the back of my head. I know when I'm facing some of the hardest times of my life, 
<clears throat> I got him. And I believe he's always going to come through. And, you know, man, knock on wood, my God hasn't failed me, man. And I, I'm very strong in that. I believe that he'll continue as long as I continue to do it right and make sure that my people are doing it right. Like God will always find a way, you know, to take care of us, man. That's 100% truth right there, man. Amen. Amen. Secret to your success, man, is your faith and you're strong in it, man. So I hope everybody sees that, man, how strong you are in your faith. Cause I mean, again, I mean, I hate to say it, but uh, as a culture, that's what you were taught and not too many people from back home, like how we came up, not too many people who move out here, keep a lot of that with them. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's great to see, literally that's the key to your success is your faith and everybody that uh, gravitates towards you because people gravitate towards you. That's, man, I, I can see it, how people gravitate towards you and, and they get faith off of your faith and so forth and so forth. So just like Uri said, man, you're pushing that love and light out there and it just, it grows. So that's great to see, man. Thank you know you, who else noticed how great and positive Island Boy Camp was doing? The state of Oregon. <laughs> Island Boy Camp Family and Friends Day is August 18th every year. What's good? Congrats year, on that. Man. It was, it's such an amazing thing, man. I, I, one of those things from an accident, man. You know, we didn't anticipate it. I got a call from one of our other founding fathers, Funaki. Uh, he's a probation officer, juvenile probation officer with Oregon Youth Authority. And he was all like, man, the story of everything that we're doing got pushed up to the governor's office and uh, they gave us a proclamation. And she was all like, for all of the, the hard work and the volunteerism that Island Boy Camp has done and for all the lives affected, uh, like, we want to give you guys <clears throat> your own holiday. So I have the proclamation here on my wall. When you walk into my house, the proclamation is right there, signed by the governor uh, every August 18th. So we get to celebrate, man. We do a, a family, we do a full free community barbecue and stuff and a volleyball tournament where all the uncles are still the champs. We're undefeated champs. So like the, the kids bring their teams, the, the, the boys and the girls, and then all the aunties bring a team. But, you know, we have some ringers and stuff that we bring in to make sure that <laughs> we keep that that volleyball title with us because some of us can't jump as high as we could back in our playing days, you know. But, you know, we have to win something, man. So we do that. And then we do a big turkey bowl every year with the kids. Uh, and it's grown into this big thing. And then our coaches are undefeated in turkey bowl. So it's an elementary game. So the all the kids from elementary play against each other, big flag football game. And it's the middle school kids. And then the top high school kids around versus the IBC coaches. And we're undefeated as coaches, too, there. So there's, there's a theme there, man. Sooner or later, they're going to beat us. But right now, we're 11-0 and 0 against uh, the top high school talent in the state. It's tough, man, because we're, we're usually down out of work for the next week. Some of us can't walk. <laughs> So I was calling in like I need to take a couple personal days because man, my knees all swollen, my back's all tight, yeah. and I only ran like five plays. So. <laughs> uh, but it, it's just fun that we're able to do these things and and just be blessed with all that. But the holiday, man, yeah, it, yeah. it's it's amazing. Like I, you know, my dad, that was the first person I thought of. Man, my dad passed in '98. Me and my brothers talked about that. Like, damn, man, if Pops was alive to see this, he would have been like, yep, you know, my boys did it, man. Boys. You know? man. And it was, he was the inspiration. Like, like I said, we didn't expect to do any of this, 
but this was him doing it by himself in Samoa, getting kids off to college, uh, getting kids trained, getting kids seen by other trainers and bringing people to Samoa. You know, it's it started with him, Eugene Reed, and both of them have passed now. And they, you know, a lot of kids have come out of there that they knew my dad as Pops. So it's a beautiful thing, man. A lot of times when I go to his grave in Hawaii, he's buried up at Kaneohe at the Veterans Memorial. There's, there's usually a six pack of beer there. So always players will come in and they'll drop off a six pack of beer from my dad and there's notes and flowers. Like it's his influence, man. That's another thing that keeps us going. It's like, man, because my dream is eventually and we're working on now get our own field where we don't have to rent any field from anybody. Ooh, that's so that's, nice. that's the next thing that's in the works, man. Along with all the grants, we got a couple grants. We got a COVID grant when it came in and we were able to provide like almost 50 families with rental relief. So it's either rental relief or utilities up to like a thousand dollars a family. So we what? did that last year. And then we just got another bigger one to help even more families in our area. How does that work? Getting, getting grants. Tessa, that's how it works, man. She <laughs> applied. Have someone who knows what they're yep. doing. Yeah. And, you know, she's the brains and she had heard about it. Somebody was all like, you should apply for this. And we didn't think we'd get it. So she applied. Another group here got about two million. And we got like 50,000. Yeah. And it was just to go to help families that were behind on rent or utilities. So they had to, you know, apply. And if they met the criteria, you know, a check was cut to their landlord for that or to whatever the utilities and bills and stuff. And so when they found out that we had used the whole thing just on the families and stuff, we didn't, you know, they're all like, we want to give you guys more. Nice. So I want to take our list of the people that we help and try to help, you know, even more families because people are struggling, man. You know, right. COVID hit hard all over the place. But, you know, for Salem Kaiser, that's another thing right now is we'll get the, the information out for that. But we have another big grant that and uh, we were given a grant for to host free camps around. So even more, I'll be able to take care of coaches and have free camps for kids of all ages from as young as two to three years old, which we get quite a few, all the way up to kids that are in college that are home uh, that need some work and stuff. So, and that's, just- uh, That's big, man. Yeah. Especially this yeah. last year, we saw the, the shutdowns and how it affected people's mental. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, gym shut down, school shut down. And just being able to provide a, a camp where people can safely be, you know, outside. So, you know, limit transmission, but really just interact with people and, yeah. and other human beings, man. And just how big that is, especially for, you know, developing teenagers or, or even younger kids. Just so, so another thing to provide. We saw we saw during COVID studies came out and Oregon was top five in the nation in teen suicide ideality. Uh, ideality. Um, depression and uh there was another thing that they hit on but we were top, top five, five in the nation state of oregon so that's why it was imperative it was like dude we have to do something like sure. kids just, you know and we there's people that lost a lot of family members and stuff and there's the depression piece was big man and men mental health is such a tricky thing i'm lucky i work in the mental health field that you know i know some things but man, reaching out to kids and, and kids not wanting to do anything. And you've seen that a lot more video games were being played and stuff and kids kind of just isolating and stuff. But you're 100% you're right, man. That interaction with a person 
so important, man. It's just that, that feeling of belonging, man. That goes to their hierarchy of needs and stuff, man. And these are all things that we touch on with our kids. So we tell our, our coaches too, like, dude, you have a list, you check in with those kids. And it's something as simple as nice. you want to go get a meal or you want to go to the park and get to get a run in with the group and stuff. So little by little, you know, we got majority of our kids out to do stuff. And then we're like, let's travel. We traveled more in COVID than anything else, man. We all over, all over the, the nation, really. And it came to a point where it was like, what's the next thing? I don't know. Let's go to Texas. We'll go to Texas. Let's go to Florida. Let's go to Ohio, Washington. We're supposed to do Hawaii, but Aloha Stadium is uh, under renovation and stuff right now. So they moved that JPS pole in January to Vegas. So that's where our next focus on is Vegas in January when it's actually really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. super burning hot desert. <laughs> yeah, I've done, man. I did Vegas, I think, during COVID probably five or six times, man. Just tournaments. Pylon was out there and in Arizona. So we did all of those, man. Those were mostly during the summer? Yeah, Versus they were. All throughout the year. All throughout the year. Uh, we were there in Arizona and Vegas in February, back to Vegas in April, and then back to Vegas in July, all for tournaments. Arizona got that dub. Oh, man. Vegas was... got that. <laughs> in the summer, I'm good. Right? You're walking around. <laughs> Last All of a sudden, you July. smell like sweat. <laughs> oh, you don't even know you're sweating. Dude, we oh. were in Texas in Arlington for that Pylon National Championship last month. And the first day we played outside, we didn't get to play indoors on the first day. But that first day, it was 100 degrees outside, but no sun. Oh, oh, no. Just sweating buckets all day, man. Like, by the end of our three games that we played, we were all just drenched, like soaking wet, like we were at a water park and stuff, man. I was like, dude, I gotta go. You have to take like three showers over there a day. Otherwise, man, it's just bad. It was like, dude, we were dying. That heat was just unforgiving. And even worse, going to Boise. I was in Boise twice, and Boise was 112, 113. Just dead heat. I'm up there announcing games in the hot box and stuff. It's like, oh, please. <laughs> Yo, you you are uh you are the top flight master of ceremonies. You <laughs> announce games. Yep. Uh, you do commencement speeches. You're mm-hmm. uh, you're a communicator. Yep. Where did uh where did that start? How do you how did you find that comfort in 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 speaking with people? My dad, my dad did all of it, but then we got into music really really young. You know, me and my brothers and my boys. You know, we. You know, we, we thought we was like the Samoan Wu-Tang and stuff, man. So, you know, we rapped all over and it just, you know, especially with the mic, man, I, I'm comfortable. You know, I don't get nervous and stuff and, and I'm able to teach too. So like I said, I teach a Nike year, Nike coach at the uh, year clinic, man. I've been able to teach there twice and have rubbed elbows with some of the best college coaches in the nation there, you know, just picking their brains and stuff. But you know, I've been blessed to have been behind a mic for a long time, and we've done the top flight for all those concerts for 10 years, too, man. So it's I, – I love it, though, man, just being able to talk with people. And like I said, man, I don't have a fear. I actually teach a public speaking class through work and through our kids. So, you know, I, we develop classes, and we have mini camp coming up, which we should get you guys to come down for. We have a mini camp coming up in December with Team Oregon. 
but uh, it's a seminar where all of our coaches, it's mandatory for them to teach two classes. And these are coaches from all over the state of Oregon. They have to teach a class that's specific to their knowledge of football. And then one class, their other class is a class that has nothing to do with football, like a life cooking, you know, some kind of trade or something. I have coaches that they'll come over here and we'll have a group of kids and they'll show kids how we'll go fishing, bring it back, teach the kids how to fillet the fish, fry it up. And then the test is we sit down and have some fish tacos, but it's a real thing that we do. And kids are like, I want to go fishing again. And it's like, they don't teach a lot of that. So some schools have culinary in high school, but they don't. A lot of the art stuff, we I teach a music appreciation class too. So, you know, we, we tell kids about music and how your music that you listen to kind of sets the tone, you know, for your environment. I have a, I have some people that I've worked with in my day job, you know, some of the most violent people around, but we could tell when it was going to be a bad day because all of a sudden, you know, heavy metals playing. It's like, oh, dude, I better tie my shoes. <laughs> like, it's going to happen, man. It's coming. You know, but we've learned, though, that if I can get up before and get there before he's up and play some reggae or some island music, cook some food, all of a sudden the vibe is chill. It's like, oh, man, we just, that's paying attention to the environment. So that's something that we teach. It's like, man, set your tone in the morning. I don't play any hip hop or any heavy stuff in the morning, man. It's island reggae when I'm in the car, which is why I'm late most of the time because, man, I'm just chilling. You know, I, I got me some J Bug and some Fiji and stuff, man, and I'm good. Some old uh, UB40. That's another thing is our knowledge of music, man. You know, as probably like we we listen to everything, man. Yeah. But I need island reggae or some oldies or some R&B. You know, uh, when we get together, that's that's generally my favorite thing. And we do it up there with Top Flight, you know, after a long night and we're celebrating that part where 90s R&B comes on and all of a sudden everybody's singing. Yeah. It's one of the greatest moments, you know, in a, in a poly party ever. But we have people from all cultures that will come and they'll be like, I didn't know you guys could sing. It's like, we can't, but we sing. <laughs> you know, we're going to say it anyway. Yeah. Here, take this shot. It'll sound right? a lot better. So we do <laughs> We've done the karaoke on the, the New Year's parties and stuff with Top Flight, and that's my favorite nights of the year. It's like, I get to come up there, chill with y'all, have some drinks, eat some good food, and then we go karaoke with all the police and stuff. It's like, that vibe, man, that's that's real stuff right there, man. So that's something that we do for the kids. We play music. All of our practices has music. You know, we'll start it off something slow, some reggae and stuff, and then we progress up to clean hip-hop but it's all of us setting the tone on how we want things to be and stuff. So what's, yeah, what's your, uh, what's your go-to karaoke song? My go-to karaoke, man, believe it or not, is, is some Bobby Brown, man. I'll do like some Bobby Brown, <laughs> you know, truth about a Roni, you know, anything, anything in that realm of a nineties R and B, man. I, at one point, we thought we could harmonize and stuff, but it wasn't <laughs> everybody, you know, when Shy and Boys to Men was out, all of a sudden everybody was in the oh, corner. Every Stay. high school in American Samoa had an acapella group. Right? Hey, what's Remember the young and stuff first? All the Usos with Jeff uh, Flow, Don LaFleur. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, Thank those you. are boys. We grew up together and they had some of the best voices on island. So, you know, they would do their practice and then we'd be over here trying to sing and trying to get them to hear us. So maybe they want us. <laughs> nah, stick to rapping, boys. 
but you know, it's music, man. That's the universal language. So yeah. I look forward to it. my daughter is uh, going away party Saturday. We got a lot of family coming that everybody knows right around one, one, one o'clock, one 30, all of a sudden it's the R&B kicks in and everybody's over there. <clears throat> get there. <laughs> Ready to do some singing, man. Get that, so, voice girl, man, uh, that voice to men. That voice to men. Hey, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> My oohs don't always hit, though, man. That's right. <laughs> hey, after it, a few it, drinks, it, they it, all it, hit, man. Right? <laughs> In the moment, you think it's hitting. But when somebody goes live and you watch it the next day, it's like, oh, <laughs> horrible, dude. Why would you record that, man? <laughs> man. Kill my posterity. dream. <laughs> what, what instrument do you play? Uh, I don't play any instruments. Even though I was in a band, the it vocal, was just use the vocals. Yeah, I'm I'm the I'm the I rap and I do the backup singing. But what was crazy too when we did top flight shows and when Six Eight Four and Long Kiss Goodnight was performing, I would introduce my own band and then go backstage and come out with them too. <laughs> <laughs> So we did like with Comic Kings and Fiji and Bug and all these other big hip hop names, Paul Wall, Chameleon, Ever. Like we we did a lot of music, Bone Crusher, all these guys, Cypress Hill. You know, I was able to introduce my group, perform, and then introduce them when they come out. We were like, damn, dude, you're just working everything, man. So I also <laughs> do security too at the end of the night, man. How many of these concerts did you get to? What was your favorite concert that you've been to? Most memorable? Most memorable concert, believe it or not, my most memorable concert wasn't a music one, man. So I don't know if it technically counts as a concert, but uh, a couple years ago in Kent, Washington, uh, the Laughing Samoans were still around and they went up there. And it was the most amazing show I've ever been to in my life, man. So Finga Live is, yeah. <laughs> I had cramps. I had cramps up and down the side. Everybody, packed house of Samoan people and not one fight. That's how good that show was. You know, <laughs> we were laughing, man. Amen. Just that humor. You know, you get a bunch of uh, hummels and stuff together, man. You bound to see some stupid comedy. And it was just great experience, man. I'll do it over again. Uh, him, Joe Coy. Like, I go to a lot of comedy shows, man. But music-wise, who did I see that was, you know, I, I'm very biased towards Bug just because my niece, my first cousin, Small Fry's daughter is Tati, who sings for Jay Bug. Yeah. So whenever, and he's coming into town here this month into Portland. So whenever she's in town or if we're in Hawaii and they're playing there, man, I go, I go see anything, Bug. But it's all stuff I listen to, man. I like, uh, I like Bug and believe it or not, uh, Nisian Nine, dude. If you ever get to watch Nisian Nine live, oh, they have a Zap and Roger part of their set that they start with. And it's just, man, it's crazy. It hits different. You know that's that's some good stuff there. Is, is, uh, <laughs> you need Jay a Bird? you need to have a cameraman following you around, dude. Oh man, all this, it, I should though, man. I should. I never think about that stuff, man. And usually, I just go. I got to get my steps in wherever I go. So, man, I'm always on the run. I got to check my my pedometer. How many steps I hit? Oh man, seven thousand. I got three thousand more at least. <laughs> at least ten thousand yeah. is the minimum. Uh, is sure, Jay Bug performing on uh, August 18th, which is IBC uh, Friends is. and Family Day? We'll be there. That's awesome. I'm in town because I leave the next day to go meet my daughter down there in Cali because they're driving and I can't fit in her car for some reason, man. She has a small car. <laughs> it's not meant for a big small. So as I like drive with yeah, drive with yeah. mom and I'll fly down and meet y'all there. So 
when when are you uh when are you gonna go to SoFi Stadium and catch a Los Angeles Charger game? If I go down there, I would only be able to tailgate because when I looked at tickets, it was like four hundred and thirty-two dollars. <laughs> ah, shit! <laughs> for the nosebleeds? Well, for like <gasps> or something decent, something decent. <laughs> I thought if we added fifty thousand seats that we didn't use. It's because we only had 10,000 fans show up on game day. We would have a lot of tickets. For you see who sold the most tickets as of right now for the season? The Chargers are number one. The power of, of man, Herbert. Nah, I, feel like, I feel like some of those might be like resales, like people going in and, and that's how the other teams are going to end up. At Charger games, I really hope it's all Charger fans that are like really going to so. be there and show up. Because I hate, especially like when game. those guys with the black and gray show up. Man, I hate it when I hate those guys. guys. <laughs> terrible guys. Uh-oh. When hey, they hey, show hey, up, hey, 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 Take it easy. Oh, <laughs> Herbert, man. Justin Herbert, you're a coach. You 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 evaluate all these players. Tell us about how great Justin Herbert is or, or what you see. Man, I love it. His, his leadership, obviously the arm. But, man, on a personal note, when we were getting ready for Team Oregon to head to Canton, Ohio for our first Hall of Fame tournament, he was the first person to send in a video to wish us luck. Mm. So he's all like, I want to wish Team Oregon best of luck traveling out to Hall of Fame in Canton. Go get it, boys. Him, Ben Sewell, and, and Troy Dye, which is crazy. Grew up with Ben mom. We went to school and stuff together. It's on Wano, man. She's a class of 95. Sharky, shout out to Arlene. Arlene and Gabe's out there. He's from Kafuma, so that's on the other side of town and stuff, man. Warriors. I played Warriors! Ba- Believe it or not, I actually went to Samoana, played basketball for Tafuna, except for my senior year. I played basketball at Samoana. Yeah, Alex was pretty good. Alex was pretty good. Uh, what position did you play basketball? Uh, I played everything in basketball. I was fast. So when I got to college, I was 197 pounds, man. American food put a lot of muscle and stuff on me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day. That's why when people see me like, damn, dudes. I'm like, yeah, man, Burger King, McDonald's really ruined my lifestyle. But, man, I could fly. So, man, when we, my dad created that Pongo Youth League in Samoa in the mid-90s. And it's still going on today. But I have the trophy. The kids are looking at the trophy like, Dad, you were the leading scorers? Like, first year, Pongo Youth, 25 points a game, dunking on people, too, man. We're like, Ooh! Jam, man, back in the day. On fast break, I was so fast, though, man. I jump out the gym. But I worked with some really good coaches, man. Uh, Teeny Lamb Ewan. You know, I got to go to Western Samoa. And uh, and I was in Cedric Sabalos' camp and stuff, man. Got to travel to Hawaii my senior year. I was in Hawaii for a whole month. And we were at the, the Kauai Invitational and Oahu Invitational, and we lost one game in that entire month. So we were out there just dominating in basketball, man. So there's some basketball players coming out of Samoa, man. Actually, uh, all over. Basketball, yeah. volleyball. There's other... I mean, everybody sees football. Well, you understand basketball, volleyball, baseball. There's so much talent that, that comes out of there as well that kind of gets overshadowed. And that's everywhere in the States, man. There's there's polyballers in every sport, man. We got kids doing golf now too, man. Let's go. We're branching out. It's not just football. It it's is. not just it's not just football. Moving up 
Forrest, who are some uh, up-and-coming uh, Pasifika basketball players we should be looking out for? Oh, man. I should have been ready. Well, there's one, a girl, she's uh, she's the starting point guard for Oregon, actually, University of Oregon, uh, Tahino Pao Pao. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's also right now playing in the under-19 tournament. Uh, so she's she was – I think she was top five uh, out of high school going to Oregon. So wow. she's really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a sophomore. I think he's playing out in Arizona. I can't remember his name, but uh, this kid jumps out the gym. You know what I mean? He's he's top ten in his class too. I'll try to find his name after, but he's really good. Um, there was somebody. Oh, and the volleyball kid. I'll show you the one that plays football. Lance. I'll send yeah. you his. Uh, he's a uh, he works. You know, you remember uh, Andrew Almavai, Alex? Yeah, man. I know them. Well, everybody knows Big Sam. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Andrew, he's a he's like a quarterbacks coach, and he he does like private coaching. He's got a kid who's uh, getting offers from Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, you name it. He's a quarterback. Um, oh, Nico, yeah, yeah, that's that's my kids' is a cousin. That's the, from the Ali family still too. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. But I mean, he doesn't just play football. He's an amazing volleyball player. So yeah. He just yeah. came back from the tournament. Like, oh, my, my son Tini's always – we're seeing on his feet and stuff when, when Nico's doing stuff. He was also on that graduation video that we put together for my daughter. That's dope. Yeah, kid's six, seven, man. And if you see, there's, there's a reason why they're offering him because he got legs and his arm is ridiculous. Yeah, man, just watching his highlights. I mean, he's got it. He's athletic. He's got an arm, you know what I mean? And still so much room to grow, especially with the height he's got on him. Yeah. You can't teach height. You can't, you can't teach size. Yep. No. So six, that's seven, crazy. volleyball yeah. jumping deep on quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Crazy. And, there's the, and then you have that uh, Moe Moore kid who's actually straight from the rock who played for uh, IMG. He's at IMG. Yeah, IMG. So I coached his brothers in basketball when I was back because I coached for Tafuna. And so um, when the opportunity came for them, the coaches came down. They first went to St. Thomas Aquinos. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the two younger brothers were fortunate enough to get an opportunity to go play out there, and they wrecked it their first year. So the younger brother, who's the lineman, is actually top five in the country going yeah, into right college. Yeah. yeah. And then the brother ahead of him, had he stayed here his senior year, they got stuck back home during COVID for his senior year. He probably would have been a four-star, five-star, but came out here a three-star. He's committed to Wazoo. That's where he'll be playing. Oh. Wazoo, a lot of kids from back home go straight to Wazoo. Yeah, that's the pipeline now. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, when yeah, Joe kids, was there. It started yeah. Westlock. It was there. Yeah, now he's at Oregon's, and that's another pipeline. And, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of kids, man. There's, there's Jacqueline Alou uh, at uh, Oklahoma, plays softball. She was on the, the uh, USA team that went to Japan. Nice. I think Ooh. she was the... Uh, Actually, the college player of the year for softball. She's good. She's good. So, I mean, just like Ali said, man, it's a lot of people like to put us in this box where, oh, they're going to be good football players. Okay, we play other sports too. (laughs) (laughs) Even in football, they try to box us into just old line. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, thank you, Troy Polamalu, who's in the Hall of Fame now as a second uh, Samoan in there, man, to join. Charger legend Junior Seau, man. Yeah, but even before that, Alex, I mean, everybody knows Junior, like Junior Seau and Troy Polamalu, but I'm a class, couple classes younger than you, so 
Alex played linebacker. Alex was a really good linebacker. <laughs> Alex was a really good linebacker. You know what I mean? And, and coming out of Samoa, you didn't hear too much of skill players going to college. So Alex got a chance to go to college. Uh, Isa Akosopoango's older brother who played at Samoa, Lance. Lance. Lance was an amazing linebacker. One of the you know, best I've ever yeah. seen in my life, man. Exactly. And, and you know what I mean? He, he played in a time where height really mattered. He's yep. a 5'11 linebacker. Wasn't going to go anywhere. Nowadays, he'd be the perfect middle linebacker. Yeah, but, yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of guys back home he that play skill Kiki, positions. Kiki's years, huh? Kiki, Spickles. yeah, yeah. So me and Kiki were really good friends. Me and Kiki, one of the were, best to come out. But he hurt yeah. it. He got hurt his senior year. But he was one of the best running backs to come out of South. Best running back. Only person I know. I mean, when they started clocking forties, my man oh. ran an actual four four. He he was that fast. He was one of the fastest guys. Yeah, he was good because you had the Timotel brothers before him, man. Most oh, man. Walter. Walter. Walter was my class, man. That's my boy. You remember man. that game at Marist? I remember like it was yesterday. We were on the way to the game on the bus listening to it. Stuck at the – they were behind, like, maybe at the two-yard line. And all you hear is Walter takes – Walter takes the handoff. There is down the sideline. 99 yards. First yeah. time I've ever seen someone. 99 yards. And he would do that regularly. He was, was the running back my senior year, man. Him and then Alan, Alan Fuimono. So, Alan Fuimono was the quarterback. And then quarterback. I – Linebacker, so and they ran. They ran. Uh, so back home, they ran an option. Uh, offense. Yep. And Allen was probably the best besides Jenner. Jenner was pretty good at Jenner running. Jenner lifted Hawaii. Man, Pete was dope yeah. too. Man, Allen. Allen oh ran it better than anybody. Allen ran it better than anybody. And so Allen's become one of my good friends. We work on the basketball association back home. Uh, oh. he's actually he's moving. He's moving from Samoa. He had moved back, and him and his family, I think, are moving this year. But uh, yeah, man, these these guys were man. Like I was an underclassman. I, I played football, but at that time, I didn't really play until my senior year. So watching these guys play, you know, I knew there were skill position players back home. And uh, finally, cool too. You, you go to finally too. They had running backs that, I mean, they they bowl you over, man. They had guys who could play running back back then. Finally, cool kids you would never see until football season. You were like, who the hell is that kid? Courts to a total. Me and him actually were in college together. That's my guy, man. Courts and Courts, all his younger brothers played ball. They were Terrence, all skilled. Man. Terrence was good. They were yep. all good, man. I mean, and if and uh, not to say about a lot of these kids that uh like their family, family-wise, like Alex and his brothers, uh the Twatoa brothers, a lot of them, their older brothers started in the States. So they were able to come home with already a little bit of skill knowledge. Yep. Better than the kids that were back home, better than some of the coaches who were coaching at the time. So that helped a lot. I mean, Dude, but the exposure now, like the, the kids that are coming out of Samoa is ridiculous, man. One of my nephews actually moved from Corona to go play at Leone and then came and went to USC. And he has a good chance to start in the middle linebacker, man. To a CV no more, number 44 for USC. Oh, he's so good. He and he, you know, he might start at SC. Yep. Might start as, and he's there with another kid. Uh, I, mean, I don't know if you remember uh, Divine Yuli from back home. Her son, uh, Falanico, Juliana yeah. Falanico. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. Still there. He's still there. And then they got that kid that went to Arizona too, uh, Eddie Shamau. Eddie Shamau. Yeah. Man, he's got he's really he's nice. He might start. He's a safety. And I mean, yeah. see, see, these are our skill positions. And, and it's funny to see that because, like you said, they would always be like, hey, so when's the next lineman coming out of Samoa? I, like, I know. It's like the next quarterback coming out of Samoa. What are you talking about, man? And now you got quarterbacks in the league. You got two of there, man. His brother, Tolia, is nice too, man. So it's nice to yeah, see yeah. all this Maryland talent. Ball, yeah. Maryland Ball. I mean, and speaking, uh, I think he was a year 
uh, have year below you. Oteta, Oteta could have played Oteta's some real ball, man. My cousin, man. His Oteta older brother Toto was ball. one of the best linebackers to come out of Maris, too, man. He was. Big boy. Rest in peace, my man. I love you know him, man. I mean? was one of my brother's best friends, man. My brother Mike. Like, I remember. I remember. I remember. Yeah. And so, man. yeah, man. Those guys, Oteta really could have played, like. Anywhere. Him and Tino. Yeah, Tino Lawaii. Oh, Tino, another running back. I mean, these guys yeah. were – these guys, I mean, yeah, man. Lance, I you mean, remember you, so Lance. many people. Man, oh, gosh. you remember the dudes, man. That's that's what it is. Yeah. That's real life. You remember the dudes like Chris Tassi at Leone gave us so Chris many Tassi problems, man. You know. Hey, uh, had he not had knee problems, yeah. he would play college ball everywhere too. Man, Duke, when Duke was playing, Elisaya, I see he's and the head coach at Leone. He's Leonga the head right coach now. of Leone football. He married to my cousin. And you know what I mean? That's that's great to see those guys. Duke, his whole family, his brothers are still. His, I think uh, Doug's still coaching at Utah. Yep. Yep. I mean, one of the biggest Which, coaches on the staff. Uh, there's another for um, the Satofu Cyrus. Cyrus is actually Cyrus? coaching at, at Utah Who's, as well. Right. You guys know right. everyone. Yeah, right, right. man. Hey, that's and that's cool. that's the beauty of Samoa, man. That's yeah. the if you play football or you could fight. Everybody knew. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So, like Alex said, at one time or another, we probably fought, and then two weeks later, volumes, and then you're best friends, and then now you're, you know what I mean? You're at every football game talking, you know what I mean? And and that's the or beauty you find of that. Your cousin, because you go to a, <laughs> yeah, call me, love me, and you look villains. across, yeah, and you tell your other cousin, who fun for she? After after the funeral, you're in the back eating plates with him and talking with yep. him. He's actually kind of cool, you know what I mean? And that's no, believe it or like, not, man, all my cousins, especially my cousins from Leonga, because my dad's from Leonga. So when we were at the market, we ran the Makiki and stuff in Hong Kong, and it was like when when Pango was about to fight Leonga, I'd go and talk to all my cousins, all the Bryce brothers, the Heather you know, brothers. Johnny and Fram, too, yeah. <laughs> hey, totally. Also, man, they're all like, I see them. They're like, what? So please, man, get on the bus. And as soon as you guys leave, the rest of these guys are going to get jumped. They're yeah, like, what? Yeah. They're like, yeah, they go from a mullet. And so they would do the same. <laughs> so if I got to the airport, and man, people, I did a lot of stupid stuff. So everybody wanted to beat me up, man. I got jumped a lot back home. But when I would go to see Tessa, because they, she had a store in New Uli, I ain't a basket. Everybody used to catch, that's, it was like Bus Central. That was the, uh, the bus station. So if you were in front of Tessa's store, you were either there to see Tessa or you were trying to catch a bus to go home. Yeah, I got jumped so many times or I'd have to catch a bus to Leonga, call my dad up in Pongo to come all the way to pick me up because dudes would be waiting. Be all like, Tell him. It was either something I did or somebody from Pongo or my brother, Mike. Uh, like, and it could be something from like seven years ago. Which was funny because Mike wasn't even in high school when you were in high school. Yeah, Mike was in Mike college. Was high school. Mike was with Timo and all these knuckleheads yeah. at ASCC, which was a whole different party. Yeah. American Samoa yeah. Community College had some of the craziest dudes in the world, man. Oh, man. And, and they were all former football players who couldn't go nowhere. <laughs> and they always sit there and play dominoes and, and pipito all day, man. He last knows because he used to play dominoes in the back of the cafeteria. The <laughs> hey, man, I started playing uh, Micro Limit Texas Hold'em Poker at ASCC under the huts. And we oh. would play 10 cents a hand. And I taught people how to play Texas Hold'em so I could get some lunch money. And I would oh, get like, like a couple dollars a day. And then they started like watching of. videos and World Series of Poker shit and started beating me. And they were like, that's an inside straight draw. And I was like, who the fuck are you? And how did you learn that? 
Oh, hey, is that how you got the Siamese in the soda? <laughs> <laughs> That's how oh, you got, got that ice cake? Oh, two ice but, cake. That's how, if you had a quarter, you can go anywhere on the island back in the day. Oh, they man. said it's a lot more expensive now. It's, but it's, man, like, it's like yeah. a dollar now, man. Bus fare is a dollar? It's yeah. almost a dollar now, yeah. Man, yeah, yeah. Inflation. You had you had a dollar, you were riding the whole you was a baller. Yeah, because you, you had you a, a quarter in each pocket. Because people would always ask for money, so you had to hide it right. Yep. So you would have a, a quarter in each pocket and a quarter in each sock. It's like I'm just gonna hide it and pretend like I ain't got it. Because if you slap your pockets and they hear change, people are like, Scotia, let me go. You got two quarters to make a noise. Let me get one of them. Right. But if you didn't know nobody, and they knew they could punk you, bro. They didn't even pat your pocket. They dug your pocket. Yeah. You feel like hand in your pocket? Yeah. Oh, man. That's the thing about Samoans, especially, man. They're the biggest bullies in the world. I laugh, though. <laughs> Always trying to shush somebody, too, especially when something goes down. Like, shh, shh. Yep. There you go. <laughs> so people are like, why are you shushing me? It's like, man, sorry, man. It's an old habit. Right. <laughs> shushing like people. I was hey. telling these guys earlier, man, when I was little. I thought my name was Aikai for like the first half of my life. <laughs> hey, I just imagine all the other the kids from like other cultures that aren't Samoan, Tongan, or Islander, you know, that that's going through all the IBC programs. And and when they go meet other people, you know what I mean? They're like, hey. Yeah. Aikai. <laughs> like, what, bro? What are you doing? Like, oh, my God. You know what throws people off the most is we'll be at a function and the kids will look, hey, what's up, boost? And the kids will say, what's up, oops, to each other. And other Samoans, oh, damn, for reals. Like, man, they know what's up. I be like, what's up, oops, how you doing, oops? But they understand that that's the slang. So we tell them, man, like, if I got love for you and stuff, man, that's one of the, the, the biggest compliments I can give you is to call Amen. you. Yeah. People be like, oh, so can I use it? Yeah. Male to male or female to female. But not, and you know, we're not, not gonna the, not the other way around. Yeah, yeah so man, it's dope though, because I'll hear kids, man. Hey, oops, man, can can you pass that right there? It's like, man, that's the culture, you know, and that's being able to spread the culture is so dope, man. Because the yeah. kids will be yeah. out here, they'll sing or they'll listen to us, you know, with the reggae. So got got little kids in high school and stuff, following you, mainly kids bumping bug or they know what you uh labor of love two is and stuff, man. It's like what. It's like, man, that's sharing the culture, man. That's that's what we know, man. Goes back to back home and then all, everything that we can do just to surround ourselves with each other, man. That's what a beautiful passing of the torch that is, just that like all the compliments, all the accolades that, that you've received thus far in life, right? And you keep giving it up to your pops, man. Like, yeah. and then you doing that work too. You know what I mean? Like that's, that does not seem like a coincidence. It was God's plan is bigger than ours. You know what I mean? Like, I know. And you never see it coming either, man. Like, I didn't... Man, I had aunties growing up in Samoa because we were so bad. They'd be like, you ain't going to live to see 21. It's like, yeah. damn. So that's motivation, too. It's like, okay, I got to change my life, man. I'm 42 now, so I don't flip that. Don't flip it, man. I'm living. And I'm living proof that, man, dreams do come true, man, if you put in the work. I might not have a million dollars in my bank account, man, but... I got so much love and positivity and, and people around me, you know, and, and I just continue, man. I love it. You know, life is good, man. It's, it's hard, but, you know, I live a pretty good life, man. I'm able to put, you know, food on the table, clothes on my kids' back. And, uh, and I walk tall wherever I go because, man, I know that my motivation in life is different. You know, I, I don't see things through 
a small lens, man, I have to have this big lens and, and see what we can do for as many people as possible. You know, yeah. this, this world is an ugly world, man, if you let it be, you know, but if you can just, you know, dig at it little by little, man, you can make it something beautiful, man. You know, carve out something for yourself that's beautiful. And that's, that's where we're at. Like, life is good. Even with you guys, you can tell, man, I love watching you guys' stuff. And you guys are smiling and laughing, man. Like, you know, you guys are on that journey as well where you see, like, man, this is, it's different. And you're doing something cool, man. You're bringing attention to our people and stuff, man, and in a, in a positive light and hitting so many things. That's dope, man. That's, everything comes full circle, man. Like I said, man, you don't see it when it comes, but when it comes, it's beautiful. It's like, dang. It's, it's a beautiful thing to see so many Polynesian and Pacific people just being badasses at things that they love and that they're passionate about. And yeah. that just gives us, that gives us permission and it makes us comfortable being, you know, our, our, our honest selves and just like doing what we love. So, you know, we can help those around us and pushing out that love and light positivity and just keeping that example so that, like you said, it's a, it's a, it could be a dark world if you let it, but you know, if we, if we tell ourselves it's going to be okay and there's things we can do, that's a light. And if we can share that light with others that may not be in that place where they can do it themselves, that's a help to them too. And they can, you know, grow their light, put our lights all together and just make like yeah. a really big, you know, positive thing. And that's uh Eri says it all the time, positive feedback loop. It's yep. like, and we keep telling each other that we're doing the right things. We're doing good stuff. We're, it's just going to lead to it's even a good better cycle, things. Man. It's a good cycle. It's you know, uh, he writes always like it, man. He's all, uh, that's, that's the reverend right there every time we get together, man. So yes, I learned a lot. He actually was down in Modesto with my first cousin of Ganga and stuff. So, man, I hear amazing things about him from there, too. So it's really cool to see, especially with where the apparel and stuff is. You know, and to see Jim Achi, that's one of my favorite dudes. I watch all his videos. And when he's wearing your guys' stuff, it's like, man, you know that y'all made it when you got a superstar in him, somebody that's really loved. Because that's another dude that's really loved. But he out there rocking up parents like, man, I remember when you guys started it. You know, sitting there. Remember that is? Yeah, you were telling me about it. I was like, that's dope, man. If you can get my size, because I have a hard time finding my size at anything. <laughs> If you get the Samoan size, just like the swap meets in Hawaii, yeah. geez, do it. Oh, so I'll, I'll DM you. Yes, you know sir. What I, mean? I, I, got, I got the I got the wholesale apparel hookup out here in California now. Oh, are you down there now? Yeah, it was. I uh, moved down last summer, and so like oh, I've been trying yeah. to get it popping out here. He's in Modesto. Yeah, yeah, back in Modesto. Well, Kong actually lives in Fresno. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sounds hot. As soon as you say Modesto, I <laughs> got. <laughs> They got hella hot beers. Like, Ooh, that's a different. Modesto, 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 Modesto. Oh, you're over there wiping your sweat and stuff. Like, whoa, man, I got the I got those light bulbs that don't heat up. Man, I don't need that uh that incandescent. You know what I mean? Oh man, there's some candles at this point. Oh, you right, you right over here with the Levasa Island Apparel. You know the uh, clothing company. I see it, bro. Yo, tell uh, tell our listeners a little bit about it. What's going on? Oh, man, Luasa Island Apparel is a, an apparel company that uh, represents the South Pacific Island languages and cultures accurately and responsibly. You know what I mean? We do a lot of, like, flipping logos, as you can see behind me. 
<laughs> see the, the red brick? We out here. But no, nah, man, it's uh, a big like uh, a big reason, like the the a lot of the work you do, uh, Alex, that motivates us, man, is just because like I have an older sister, um, Tuu Doris Tulifa, who does Brown Girl Woke, is yeah, that yeah. Uh, that NGO, and she's based out in Samoa, right? And like I wanted to, it was just a creative idea, creative idea with clothing, right? But I wanted to do like community work because I've seen other people do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, like, um, especially, you know, being around minds like Timo, you, you know what I mean? And, like, just the barbecues that y'all did with Top Flight and seeing just how collaborative you can be, you know what I mean? How much you can get done by just, like, a few a few dedicated people who are passionate, you know what I mean? Not that many things can get in your way, you know what I mean? Like, if any. Amen. All right. And so that's basically how me it started, man. I was just going to work, man, just talking designs with Lance where I'm going back like, Hey, how does this look? Yo, how's this, how do we change this? You know what I mean? Like, and then now it's, it's so crazy. COVID kind of brought out the, the best, you know what I mean? And me and you know everybody that I was around me, all that stuff we was talking about at the door. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. At the club, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yo, bro, I, I gotta do it now. You know what I mean? Like what if, if not now, then, <laughs> it's never, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, man, a lot of it's just, learning how to print shirts online apparel. Um, I would love to see how I could be a sponsor at one of your camps, Zeus, or Let's do it, whatever man. Name, Zeus, you know what I mean? I'd go back and forth with you about some designs or Absolutely, just donate man. hella shirts, jerseys, whatever. Zeus, let me know. Man, let's do it, man. I, like I said, I work with everybody that everybody that's of like mind, man. That's all I want. I want people that, that are doing it for the right reasons and stuff, man. You know, and that's the collaborative mind is, is, is a hard one because not everybody wants to do that. You know, so many people be like, nah, man, I want this piece of the pie to myself. It's like, man, imagine what we can do together. You know, that's that power of we. So that's why I tell coaches all the time when I bring other coaches in to work with us, like we can do some amazing things for these kids, you know, and with your apparel, man, we can do some amazing things for people everywhere. Not just Cali, but Oregon, Washington, Hawaii, Samoan, all over, man. So it's possible. It can take some work, but we can do it. Sure. You know? I'll get your size, Zeus. Let's go. Let's go. I went down one size. Because it is. But you need um, him now? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. I wish I was back to my 1996, 197 pounds. 197 pounds. Dunking on people. Oh. College, man, I walked in and met the coaches for the very first time in 96. And they looked at me. They're all like, you ain't a linebacker, man. So what? They're all like, receiver. So like, what? I was all like, no, nah, man. So we went out. We did. We had combine first day, and my combine numbers were weak, except for my forty. I ran a four eight uh, there at uh, my freshman year. So, but my numbers, like strength wise, wasn't there compared to everybody else. But the coach that's at Northern Arizona now, his name is Chris Ball. He was all like. You Islanders are the same everywhere I go. You guys have horrible ethic when it comes to lifting, <laughs> running. But the second we put on the pads, all of a sudden, you guys are superstars. So I usually like, uh, when we put on the pads in two days, come, I want you. It's like, all right, cool. So put on pads. I get out there, and my man is like, what's your last name? And we have it all written on our foreheads. And Fumono is all like, I can't pronounce that shit. So he took my last name, ripped it off, 
tore the Maono part off and threw it down and just put Fui back on my head. And he's all like, from now on, we're calling you Fui. So I'm like, all right. And that's how the nickname Fui stuck was from a college coach and stuff. And man, as soon as I put on the pads, because the first day after combine, I was like the ninth string uh, Sam Backer at Western Oregon. And we had three weeks before our first game against Chico. By the end of those three weeks, man, I was the backup to the guy that's the special teams coordinator for Boise State right now and the Northwest recruiter, uh, my boy Stacy Collins out there. So, man, I got I got a lot of playing time. I actually played both ways and returned kicks in college, man. Just people like, what? It's like, man, nice. it's weight on. It was just different, you know, but that's how I got the nickname Flu. It was like, man, it's just accidents. My life has, has been like a collection of beautiful accidents, man. It's something it's, uh, not everywhere. It sounds people, like God's plan. <laughs> it is, man. People, a lot of people don't even know. Like pre-96, people know me as Alex. Anybody that met me after 96 in college, they know me as Fui. Even on my professional business cards, it's like that. Alex Fui Fumono. Whenever I get introduced, it's Coach Fui. It's like, who's Alex? It's like, well, oh, that's me. <laughs> my alter ego and stuff, man. That's the old <laughs> that's me. Like, that's me with long hair. Yeah, man, I just cut my hair again too, man. My hair was long, and then come April, it was just hot, and I was done. So me and my son, Phil, we just chopped it all off, man. I'm back to the bald head. Hey, but, yo. Know, once I got to Modesto, man. No, I'm never doing it. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to keep it. I had to, man. I, my, my hairline is running away from me and stuff, so I... <laughs> So I was like, oh yeah, we gotta get gotta get this rid of, man. What uh what kind of football player is Phil? Oh dude, Phil, you know, he's eight now. We released his player card last week uh through Aiku, my brother's uh his his company. Phil's five four, hundred eighty pounds, eight years old. He's a monster, man. Like we get pads next week. And I don't know who's going to want to hit with him because without pads, he's already training with high school. So my brother, Chris, he's the high school <laughs> line coach at McKay High School down here. So Phil goes in the mornings and trains with the high school. He does the sled work, all the linemen work with them. And then he comes to our practice, our third and fourth grade practice. And he's like a mini coach out there. I'll be like, hey, we're going to work on a kick step. Phil, step up and show them. So he'll do his kick step and kids are just like, I don't even know my left or my right yet. <laughs> Kick step with his hands and his shuffle. But he's eight now. Phil's been on the field with us since he was two. When his brother Teeny was playing, I couldn't keep uh, Phil off the field. So I had to get him his own helmet and pads. So he's always worked out, but he's never been able to hit until this year. So this is his first year. And Phil is, he's the most loved kid in probably yeah. Oregon. Like, he's popular everywhere we go. Even Hoopla. He just did Hoopla 8U, and he was killing kids. I mean, his screens at 180 pounds. Versus, <laughs> like, 180 all, man. 65-pound point guards flying all over the place. <laughs> they lost in the championship for 8U with their <laughs> Iowa squad. Kids Overtime, back. yeah. Man. And then you only have to score three points in overtime. And it's a championship game. But he worked, he worked his ass off. And he's looking at basketball. It's like, hey, whatever, man. I don't care how big you are. It's like, you play whatever you want, son. Play whatever. It's like, as long as you're doing something that sets you up. But on the line, 
I'll send you guys this schedule when it comes. We just had our draft last night, and I ended up with a really good team, but uh, it started with him. He was automatic on my squad. It's like, I got my my top lineman. Guess where I'm running this year? It's like, I'm running all my best guys right behind Phil, man. Every play in the playbook is going to be follow Phil. Follow Phil yeah. <laughs> yeah. On two, on two. Ready? If follow, if follow Phil left doesn't doesn't work, yep. follow Phil right. Phil right. <laughs> and if all Do else fails, give the ball to Phil. <laughs> <laughs> we were training him. He's all like, I want to be a running back, Dad. Oh, cool. <laughs> this year, they implemented in the third and fourth grade for TVYFL, the league that we play in, uh, weight limit. And it's oh, 105 man. is the cutoff to carry the ball for third and fourth graders. Oh, okay. So it broke his heart. Luckily, oh, we're when they sent me the stuff so I gave him an extra five dollar bill before I told him so here's something <laughs> like, oh, thanks, I was like hey by the way man you can't <laughs> but now it's like when we came home my man was crying you know sitting there just not talking to anybody so like hey man listen we can pout about it or you can embrace being a big and beautiful guy and just take it out on everybody that we play this year. He's all like, I like that plan. So, okay, let's do your thing, man. We finally got this crazy lineman. Like, we did the Kava Cup just recently. And it's the, you know, it was a big five on five, which is big now for football. You got seven on seven, it's all the skill guys. They catch a lot of touchdowns. But the five on five is one on one, lineman versus lineman, pass rush. And he played on a fifth and sixth grade team that was really well. So, He's had all this training, and we're emphasizing, you know, lineman stuff. So seeing that is like, and we got some dogs. One of our guys that was a star of the Kava Cup, his dad's actually from back home as well. His name is Dave Yuli, uh, but uh, the kid just signed with Oregon. Oh, like yeah, two, yeah. But that kid is something else, man. He trains with uh, Fightbell, Ava Ava, uh, AEP. It's one of the better uh, lineman training facilities in Washington. Him and then another oosh that I work with up there, Quinn Evans. Uh, he's another lineman trainer. So I'm now I'm phasing away because where Phil's at is line stuff. Uh, I'm phasing away from the seven on seven. I got enough coaches there that now I'm going back to working with linemen and stuff all over. So with the, the so, next great lineman right, or I, football player, basketball player, whatever he wants to do. The next great one. That's always the next great one. Yep. Oh, how do I uh I got some. I got some nephews, bro. In high school, one of the bigger ones. His name's Troy. Bro's like six three, six four, and growing three eighty. Yeah, I mean, he was a three as a, as a freshman. He's going to be a sophomore this next year in high school. Like, I de- I definitely want to get him um, up to your camps, man. I want to see how he does in the IBC circuit because it's That's a circuit. True. Yeah, you know I mean, uh, I definitely got to hit you up, man, and see how we can get him up there. I want to see how he does with them, man, because. It was just super funny, man, because he goes to the private high school out here in Modesto, uh, Central Catholic. Oh, nice. Those private schools generally have the money to do a lot of good training, but linemen-specific stuff, I think in California, Big Skills is there. Yeah, Chris Talamayval there in, in California that's really, really good. Uh, and then anything that you can get to if Jesse Sapolu has his camp around, because 505 is big. And for us, polys is normal, man. It's the thing. Yeah get these polys out there we seen kids that i had to look up to while i was refing you know and they're in high school and i'm looking at them like what's up Bruce? and they're looking at me like tapping me on the shoulder thank you uncle it's like damn dude <laughs> <laughs> and i'm a tall you know, so i'm six three you know and i'm looking up at these kids like damn 
just giants, man. But hey, you gotta hit them with the. Yeah, I still. <laughs> but that's the beautiful yeah. thing is they all, even if they don't know me, they come, uncle. You know, and they're really nice about somebody. Like, cool, man. If you just sit down and talk to me, we're good. The second we stand, <laughs> it's not good. Just do them like your dad used to do them in Samoa. He's like, oh man just uh nba free agency just finished a couple players have uh switched teams uh some players you know turned down 84 million dollars to accept 5.9 celtic that happens (laughs) (laughs) it happens man but he wasn't gonna get no playing time behind the the human triple double no. Well, okay, let's start. I mean, I feel like if they re-signed Schroeder, if Schroeder would have accepted that, would Russell Westbrook still have happened? Would they have made so. those trades? Or would they not have had the, the money to – I mean, you're not going to pay, what is that, $21 million a year for a backup point guard, right? But what does – uh? how do you feel about Russell Westbrook? I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm All I want is to break that championship tie with the Celtics. As soon as we break that – because my brother Mike, he's been a Celtics fan – since we lived in Long Beach as kids. And he's always held that over my head until we tied them up. So I'm all like, we we're talking about it tonight. It's not like Russell Westbrook. It's all like, whatever, man, y'all old. So I'm like, yeah, but man, if we can put it together, mm-hmm. if they can stay healthy for all 82 games and in the playoffs, you know, if things work out and we see that super matchup between the Nets and the Lakers, man, that'll be a great series. And, uh, you know, my hashtag right now is hashtag LIS. It's Lakers and six. You know, we'll, we'll give a couple bets and stuff, but Lakers and six, uh, that's my prediction. I, You know, Bron's going to get a couple more at least. You know, and there's a lot of people that hate on him. And to be honest, I wasn't a big Bron fan until he became a Laker. Like, that's how diehard of a Laker fan I am. But now that he's there, it's like, oh, he's cool, man. Bryant, <laughs> though, but he's still cool. He's, a, he's 2B. Because Kobe will always be 2A to me, man. Yeah. Who's number one? It's, it's got to be Jordan, man. If it isn't Jordan, then it doesn't it doesn't really count. It doesn't really count. Yeah. I mean, and I, I lost a lot of money growing up, and I didn't have a lot of money growing up. But I always bet against Jordan. <laughs> and I bet against Joe Montana. Bet against Steve Young. And it just was not good for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I'm loyal. I'm a loyal fan to my teams. I'm a diehard Chargers fan, diehard Trojans fan, diehard Lakers fan, also Cal teams. Uh, and, you know, for a couple of years there, we were doing very well. And then all of a sudden, you know, they took away a championship for my 05 Trojans and the and the Heisman from Reggie. But Trojans are back. The Chargers look good. Lakers are strong as hell. So, man, it should be a good uh, sports year for for me, at least. And I'm such a – I'm an intense uh, game watcher. I don't watch any games with people that aren't fans of my team. I can't – it's just my kids know too. Like, if I'm watching the Chargers and they end up losing, like, the table's (laughs) going to get broken or I'm just going to be really mean for the rest of the day. And, you know, Lance, you know, you know, we're diehard Charger fans. The last couple of years, we've lost a lot of very close games. So I've been so mean to people on Sunday nights for right? the last couple of years. It's just always a funky mood. 
Like, right. why do we always have the ball late? And then yeah. it. <laughs> right. and we just find, we find <laughs> when Rivers was there, and I love Rivers, and I got to watch him a couple times, but there in the end, from North Turner on, we're finding creative ways to lose games. Really good at snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory. We were supposed to be running out the clock for a win, but somehow it's a fumble, it's a quick interception. Or we can't make you know, a field goal. Like, Badgley, he getting booed still right now. I was like, go ahead, get rid of him already, man. Yeah, he was three for five in the last practice. The other kicker was five for five. So it's like, oh, yeah, and he got booed at SoFi. He's like, yo, I get it, but that's not cool. Yeah, you know what else is not cool? It's losing down to California for a fucking opening game for the Chargers (laughs) in L.A. And you missing the field goal that was less than 40 yards. That was, I mean, I yeah, Mike Badgley. I want him to do well. To the curve. We also, we also need consistent, good kicking. Did you uh, did you ever catch a game down at the queue? I didn't. Oh, I think when I was really young. But like, I think that's. I just went with my family. I, I probably didn't really recognize what was going on. And that was the one time I met Junior Sale. Damn, um, I never got to meet him. But man, when he the day he died, man, man. I left work. Did I cried, man? That. That's the whole, that was my inspiration for playing football growing up, man. When I Damn. got there, I was we were diehard SC fans. You know, my dad really loved the Trojans. And when he played there with Mark Carrier and all those guys, it was dope. But growing up in Samoa, man, you had all these Niner fans, Raider fans, Cowboy fans, Steelers fans. Now, there yeah. weren't a lot of Steelers fans. No. Then all of a sudden, almost no. every Samoan is a Steelers fan. Like, they, have the more they have more Chiefs fans. They have more Chiefs fans just because of Dan Salamua. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, so how did how, how did people choose their teams? Back home? How huh? did people choose their teams back home? Based on what was played, because we only had two channels growing up. So yeah. generally, they played the West Coast games, which was the Raiders or the Niners, and a lot of you know America's team got to be played a lot, and yeah, they were yeah. winning. So a lot of people yeah. saw the Cowboys. So those were the three teams growing up, and so for me. When Seau went to San Diego, and my dad used to work at the shipyard in Long Beach before we moved to Samoa, and we would spend our summers in San Diego. So it just became, like, my son, my oldest son, his name is Diego. He's half Samoan, half white, with a Hispanic name. But it's because of the Chargers he got his name, Diego. It was like, oh, I thought he was Hispanic. Like, no, dude. Like, because of the Chargers, man. It's like, but I mean, it went to a couple games, man. It's you know, I'm still everything Charger. Everywhere I go, my kids. I even took a team to Vegas, my 10U squad, and they were known as Lights Out. So it had the full Charger gear, everything, man. Best best uniforms at the whole tournament. Everybody, like, <laughs> those uniforms are sick, man. I probably could have got sued if we made money off of it. Because <laughs> it was straight up Charger gear. And so even our hats and stuff all had Chargers on it. It was but it was finally time to take a squad because every year I try to vote, you know, a Charger like theme onto our stuff. Not <laughs> <laughs> down by everybody, man. Like, nope, nope, the whole board. Because I still answer to a board. Yeah. I have a board that I don't get to vote on stuff, but that's how we set up our business. So when the board is here, like, I have to default to the board for everything. So I actually have people that I answer to, which is our board, which works perfect. I mean, but those are, are, are people that you trust to, to make those yeah, decisions. They're all different people. 
involved with the camp, other community people that come in and we have nice. we have full board meetings and everything. And we sit down and discuss what our moves are, what we need to do, what, you know, certifications or trainings need to be done. But it's it's a it's a business, man. So we do a lot of it. Luckily, like I said, Tessa is the business person. So she does all of that. She said, God to- bless Tessa. Yeah. And she's in Maui right now, just living it up, man. <laughs> County's final trip as a as a senior, they had a big wedding and stuff. So they were in Oahu, just flew to Maui, then they fly home tomorrow. So they've been gone for a minute. Man, safe yeah. travels back. Hopefully, uh, families all reunited safely and soon. Absolutely. Man, we we appreciate the time and the game that you've given to us today. And just all the information and the positivity and the man and the love and we very much appreciate it and uh yo whatever uh whatever you need from us to advance ibc and, and your vision please let us know and, and you got us we're rocking with you amen will do man thank you guys man i really appreciate it. it's just good just to talk man you know with, with some good people man you know iron sharpens iron man hey, amen yes it's therapy for me family so before we go, just checking in with the guys. We're going to give Alex his flowers right now. What are some things that we are proud uh, to see Alex and IBC doing? Ooh, man, like I said, me and Alex come from the same time frame back home. So I know the struggles he went through. Same struggles he went through, I went through. Having to come from the States and live back home and having to be accepted by kids back home, it's tough, man. I mean, there's no such thing as bullying when we were growing up. And it's what... If you wanted tough skin, if, even now, if you want a tough skin, send your kid back home, man. You know what I mean? He'll come back and you can't tell him nothing. He'll take everything as uh, everything they tell him in, in the States. It'll be constructive criticism because back home, they don't know what that is. All they know is criticism. Yep. So, but like I said, man, the the journey that Alex has taken, it's not the same journey as mine, but we've walked the same path. I know where he's coming from back home. I know his dad, and one time, me and my family, we loved his dad too. I'm from, my, my grandparents are from Pongo, so I was always in Pongo. Um, yeah, man, just, it's, it's more than being proud of, of, of Alex. It's just a lot of the stuff he's done, man. It's, it'll reach places that he won't know yet until later. And that's always your legacy, is that when, when Coach Fui's done and he sees how far it's reached, you know, the parts that he doesn't know yet, where some some kid will see this podcast maybe or be at a camp he was at that he never noticed and is going to thank him for getting him to a place where he would have never been without seeing Coach Fui. And, I mean, that's that's what I'm going to be proud about because that's the reach he's, he's really already – he's doing such great things now. Just imagine the reach he has later. So, yeah, man, hats off to you, man. There's not too many people that can uh, that can say they do this stuff for the love of the kids and for everybody involved. You know, and that's always my plan when I was back home. It's, it's, it's the same plan you had. It's always out of love. People always ask, man, what do you get from it? The satisfaction that this kid's going to have something to do, you know, and that was exactly what you were talking about. And yeah, man, it's, it's rare to see out here. It's rare to see amongst a lot of the people that come out here because of all the hardships that you face. Uh, people are always going to throw negativity at you and the way that you've been able to just brush it to the side off of the kids. That's amazing, man. Thank you. I really yeah, appreciate man. it, man. Man, it's a, as far as giving you your flowers, man, I, I, I see everything you've done that you're doing, Us, and, like, it, it motivates the fuck out of me, Us, because, like, it, 
it lets me know, it proves to me Oops, that it works. You know what I mean? That like, bro, because Lance know how, like how into my own head I, I would get about, you know, a creative idea or even starting the Vasa and how, how much I probably overthink stuff. You know what I mean? Didn't get to being um, assertive with the idea or the creativity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then like to just to hear you talk to like, yeah, bro, it's, it wasn't just me. I found some people that helped me build a plan and it became something bigger than what I would ever think it to be. And like that, man, who's that, that, that really does, uh, not necessarily, well, it puts me at ease and it hypes the fuck out of me lately just cause you know, I, I, I've been thinking about like, yo, like how are we going to build a podcast? I just started working another job. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm slaving away for another man's time and not putting time into my own dream, you know, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. But then man, it was just the same. You talk about how like, it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't just you. You give it to God. You were surrounded by like-minded people. So it, it, it motivates me. It puts me at ease and realize that like, yo, all this, all the anxious thoughts I've been having about like what to do next. Am I being productive or am I being busy? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, am I learning the difference? Uh, am I putting the, the work I need to put into it, you know, to get the results? And man, it was just to hear... How, how you've been building IBC, what it is now, bro. All those, everything that you talked about so nonchalantly, bro, and you were traveling everywhere. <laughs> bro, I want to do that. <laughs> I do that, bro. I'm trying to be on a flight with Force and Lance going somewhere. You know what I mean? Just, just based on the brand, bro. But man, it, was, it, it really does prove to me that it works. We just got to keep doing what we're doing. And like, you know, you're going to keep motivating us every step of the way, man. And, uh, Man, listen, I love you for that, man. For real, for real. like, love you too. You know what I mean? And you saw us grow up, bro. We was downtown. You know what yeah. I mean? Knuckleheads probably spending money in all the wrong places. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, man, you know what I mean? It's just to see to go from like, like you said, bro. To go from those nights, bro, where we were just chilling at the door, talking shit. You know what I mean? You was eating that dirty pizza, and which was always, <laughs> which was always good at like three in the morning. You know what I mean? Best. Like, it was just the best. It was just the best. You know, like it sucked <laughs> up all the alcohol. Yeah. yeah. But man, it was like, um, yeah, thank you for being a, a walking example, bro. That love and light works. That thank being you, selfless bro. works. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That that is to to harbor any greed, negativity towards anything when really our time on here is limited. Why not spread as much positivity as you could, man? Yeah. No, oh, man. It's dope, Oos. Thank you, Oos. Dope, Oos, giving you all your flowers, Oos. All your, uh, all the autocalo, all, all the breadfruit, all Ooh. the... <laughs> Everything it was all over Hell the place. Yeah. The hibiscus. <laughs> Man, uh, yeah, like Eri said, you have provided uh, a blueprint to so many, uh, so many people that, like, I mean, even that we don't know, but we're definitely, definitely part of that group that is inspired and motivated by, by your example, your living example, uh, that you can follow your passions, help people and build something successful and build something um, that's uh, affecting thousands of people with thousands of families just from just from your love you know for for other people your love for football your love for coaching and we see that coaching doesn't just you stay between the lines man you're a life coach for so many people and i mean yeah. for us too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And so you can always say, well, what will we do? We'll be like, hey, just be chill about it, bro. <laughs> we're, gonna make, 
we're gonna get through it. It's gonna be all right. Like it's just yo, yo, that positivity and that that organization with like-minded people that share that vision. Yeah, is it's the blueprint for for success, and we 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 hope to follow the example that you provided. And we love you for for everything that you do for the community and for our people. And we appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much for 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 your work and for IBC. Thank you, thank you, brother. Thank you for coming to the shows. And uh, just uh, before we leave, you got any shout outs or any uh, last things you want to say? Man, shout out to you guys, man. You know, it's uh, I wasn't nervous going in. I was really excited just to sit down and talk because I knew, man. You know. I see that you guys are hungry and you guys are doing cool things, man. So it's it's a blessing for me, too, to be able to not to just share my story, but to hear where you guys are. Because, you know, I've, I've been there, man. So I know, man, just stay on your grind, man, because you guys are doing amazing things and you guys are touching lives, too, man. And we can all do this together. We need more people like that, especially for our people, man. You, you know, drugs and a, and a lot of bad things can happen to our, our people. You see it. You see, especially the effects of, of the rock and stuff. So uh, seeing guys that are out here positive, trying to do different things, you know, a lot of times they, they tell you you can't do it, but that should be motivation to be like, all right, I'm going to do it. You know, so it's good to see where you guys are going. And I can't wait to see y'all get even bigger stars and stuff on here that be like, man, you guys are on your way because you guys found something special, man, that I'm, I'm honored that uh, we can come onto the show and, and share you know, our experience and stuff, man. And uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to do some work with y'all and stuff too in the future. So, man, definitely shout out to you guys, man. My wife, Tessa, you know, my my, my kids, man, Nicole, Diego, Tiani, Tini, Phil, Nilo Vell, you know, my brothers, my mom, of course, man, my village of Pongo, you know, all of IBC, man, you know, just the state of Oregon, everybody, man, just, I, I you know, man, when, I, when you see me in real life, man, this is still me. You know, I'm always going to be cool. I'm always going to be just sharing love. So that's what I hope that everybody can do. Because like I said, man, we ain't got time. We ain't got time to be negative. No time for bullshit, man. You know, we got to just put our grown man pants on and do the work. So thank you guys, man. I love it. Thank you very much for having me on the show tonight, man. Honored to have thank you. you. Yeah, yeah, it is an honor. I mean, we were so excited. I'm still excited <laughs> uh, to talk with you. Oh, oh, uh, if people want to get a hold of you, if they want to uh, get a hold of IBC or, or donate or collab, uh, how do they do that? Uh, Camp at gmail.com is our email. Uh, and then olivoycamp.org is the website. And you can catch us on all social media uh Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We still got a MySpace too, so you can even oh, find MySpace for the, music? for the music. Not the music. <laughs> we really play a lot of the old music because the parental advisory man. My kids don't really know about the things. You know, the material in our music was <laughs> different time in our lives, man. My twenties were were crazy, so. Contemporary. You know, like people that are trying to get us to, to drop a couple verses on. That's up. It's all got to be clean these days because our stuff from back then wasn't clean. But well, I'll send you guys a link of some stuff, man. Let you guys hear some of our old stuff. But you know, that's how you find us, man. Social media, especially. I answer, I answer everything on social media personally, which is a lot. So, but I'm heavy on social media, watching everybody and keeping everything light. 
Nice. Yeah, got to be out there. Use those tools and communicate and reach um, as many people as possible. And again, that's so dope <laughs> that you guys are doing that. And uh, I'm glad that we were able to sit down with you tonight. Appreciate your time, bro. Thank you. All right. Was, love you guys, man. Thank you, man. Love you too, man. Go Chargers. Go Chargers. For Coach Fooey, the Forest, E-Rye, I am Lance. This is Levasa Sports. Let's go. Today's show, as always, sponsored by LevasaIslandApparel.com. For gear that represents the South Pacific Island languages and cultures accurately and responsibly. Put on for the culture. Catch the wave at LavassaIslandApparel.com.